Hey everybody, this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California. It's the Ripley's Auditorium. It's at Hollywood and Highland. You know that. It's the crossroads of entertainment. If you're looking for something fun to do, you happen to be in Los Angeles and Andy and I aren't around to hang out with. The next best thing is to go to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium. And if you go after 5.30 p.m., you can buy one, get one free. That's right. $20 will get two people into the auditorium. That's ODD, auditorium, uh, for $20 after 5.30 p.m. Two people, $20. It's the buy one, get one, and it's brought to you by Ripley's. All you have to do is mention that you heard about them on a little podcast called Star Trek The Next Conversation. And now... Please enjoy our longest episode yet, I believe. Andy and I talk about toys and the most toys. Here we go. podcast the final frontier these are the conversations of the friendship matt myra and andrew secunda their continuing mission to seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations to boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. My name's Matt. My name's Andy. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Andy and I were just having a discussion about how uh, the show ends every week and we beam out. And I was asking now, if it was a site-to-site transport. And I said, no, it's not a site-to-site transport. We're just beaming down. I always assumed we were just beaming down to our home planet. Oh, I see my mistake. Yes, I was. No, no, I no. S- but you're yeah. correct in the fact that it is site to site because we're beaming out of the hallway. Right. We're not beaming out of the transporter room. Right. But I was wondering if you thought that we went into the transporter room because there's no door for that. No, I, I thought it was a site to site transport. I just I just assumed like whoever was running, be it Chief O'Brien, who, whoever's running the transporter room at that point. Mm hmm just get so fed up with us in God, the hallway. I want to do an Irish caricature so bad. Yeah, well, don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, just got fed up with us and just beamed us. Like, we finished, like, we were really heard, done with the show. You heard my horribly offensive impression and he beamed us into space. Yeah. Like, that um, kind of, that's what I kind of imagine. I actually do feel like, I kind of feel like he just holds us in the pattern buffer until the next episode. <laughs> I don't disagree. He beams us into work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, we are here, uh, guys. It's episode uh, whatever number this is. We're going to be doing some uh, some some the most toys. Usually, I can say some the some of the most toys. Some the most toys. <laughs> uh, great episode about a guy who's just I get you know I get him. <laughs> this manipulative, greedy Fajo and I toy are like. Maker. You know, toy, not toy I see what you're. I see what you're doing there, pal. <laughs> I get it. How many of those things in there are left-handed? Oh, it's true. He's a collector, oh, the ultimate yeah. collector. Oh, and that bubble gum. Mm. 
Oh yeah, he's got love a Roger Maris. Sure, the Roger Maris card. He's got a lot of Earth stuff. He's got a disproportionate amount of Earth stuff. <laughs> he does. He's got a Salvador Dali. He's got the Mona Lisa. Yeah. So that's not at the Louvre in this time period. No, or do you think not. he's replaced it with a perfect replica? Oh, could be. Follow up. Uh, does the Louvre still exist? No. Because it was destroyed. Are items the, rare anymore? One of the if they're put wars? into a pattern buffer and can be replicated molecularly down to the atom. Oh, I would assume... So I can make a replicator... I can make a replication of the Mona Lisa. That is exactly like the Mona Lisa in every way. I suppose, yes, you want the original. This is a question that I've asked often uh, about... To whom? (laughs) About movie posters and framing like, oh, I want this, you know, obscure movie poster, but I don't want to spend $3,000 for it. Why don't I just get a perfect repro, you know? A oh, a repro of it? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, more often than not, in, f- in fairness, it's mostly wealthy comedy writers I'm talking to, wealthier than me, go, no, dude, you don't want that. You no, want you the want original. the original. That's an original Ghostbusters right there, linen-backed. And that Jaws poster in my living room is original. So there you go. So why why does that matter if when you look at it, it looks exactly the same? Well, you know, you can tell an original uh-huh. and a reprint. By how you feel a couple inside. of different things uh, the white border will be different sometimes uh, there's just like little visual cues that tell you if it's a repro or the original interesting so that's why on that but it doesn't look any better or worse it's really just your knowledge that's the main issue no I look at it and go boy that was a good time remember when I bought that at Comic Con six years ago yeah I sure do that's Lennon back that frame probably cost more than that fucking poster you know I saw some frames mo- are expensive yeah insanity that was a seven hundred dollars to frame that that i was gonna say i bet you it and how much did the poster cost i bought the poster i think linen backed ghostbusters original poster it's the poster with the three of oh you the, bought it in the in the frame no oh yeah i bought it and then had to get it framed it was just, it's just linen backed so it was linen backed and rolled what's linen backed you they coat they put linen on the back of it so it won't uh, fox so like you don't get any mold or anything like that oh but that is an original and then they do that to protect it yeah I see so you want a linen backed poster gotcha um, f- anyway long story short bought it many years ago got it framed a long time ago but it was like the frame was $700 it was right. insane right the poster I think was like I bought it for 250 maybe yeah like, I mean, and this was, like, before I was married. So that kind of thing was fine. <laughs> to just go, willy-nilly, I need a Ghostbusters poster. Actually, I just saw it. My favorite booth at Comic-Con, there's a couple guys that sell original movie posters. Yeah. Actually, the Last Crusade poster in my hallway is original, too. That one wasn't super expensive, because that's from 89. I sure hope not. <laughs> Love The Last Crusade. It's the worst. <laughs> oh, it is not the worst. It's Temple not the worst. Temple of Doom is by far the oh, worst. Temple of Doom is not of worse than three. Crystal Skull. Of the three. I'm sorry. Right. We're not, Crystal Skull is without argument. I feel like Temple of Doom is better than Last Crusade, and I know you feel there's like a lot Temple of debate. Temple of Doom is better than Last Crusade. It's more purely succeeds in what it's doing. Which is what? It's just a full-on action kind of, you know, a thrill ride. Ugh. I think it's not nearly as good as The Last Crusade. I think this the is story is better. Break. Yes. I think the story in Last Crusade is better. Uh-huh. Like the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy Grail are uh, two very... The basic concept are very archaeological-like yes, things. Yes, agree. That like, I get it. Yeah. And yeah. then like to he- this reveal of his father 
I having just, spent his life looking for the Holy Grail, I think is great. I just think if you look at a scene by scene breakdown of that, it's very slow. Oh, the characterization of Indy so is all disagree. over the place. I so disagree. All right. Well, what are you going to do? Maybe you can. Come on. Have you gotten to all of them? James Bonding presents Indiana Jonesing. Where are you, what are you up to? Nothing yet. We haven't. Oh, great. We did our first uh, sort of. You did one with Paul Russ. We did a. That was the larger sort of like. I see. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. And then Matt and Paul went off and did a Friday the 13th breakdown, like a 12-episode miniseries. I was like, wait, guys, you can't just go do that. How are those doing? And then Matt was like, well, do you like Friday the 13th? He's like, not that much, but still. The James Bonding people like, what are you doing? No, it's fine. I love them both. But I like also like, I don't know those movies enough to have that. I said, if you did Nightmare on Elm Street, you'd give me a call. But he doesn't like Nightmare on Elm Street that much. But we both love Star Wars, and you love Star Indiana Wars. Since Jones. when do you love Star Wars? Since all of time. You're constantly arguing against Star Wars. I'm arguing against the fact that I think it's not as good as Star Trek. Uh huh. I feel like this is a revisionist history. So you it's can do not a Star revisionist history. <laughs> go look. Go look on my fucking Pez dispensers and shit from childhood. All right. I mean, look. I was there, Andy. I played. <laughs> With the Maz Eisley Cantina playset that had cardboard walls, I destroyed. You did. I would thought that would have been way after your time, way I before have, your time. I have siblings I know that I are did. your age. Oh, I see. I got all the hand me downs. That is so hilarious in retrospect, and we lost our minds with that thing. That's <laughs> the crappiest toy ever. Oh, the Maz Eisley Cantina set. Like, but like, by the time it's Jedi two came out, though, cardboard like, I, with you know, pegs for the characters. I had a, I had, I had Y, I had a Y wing, I had a B wing, I had the Falcon, I had oh, the Falcon, um, the sticker. I, I, the sticker had. By the time I got it, the sticker on the chessboard had been peeled off, which was annoying to me. You know how the back oh, oh, opened sure, and sure, you sure. had the. <laughs> Yeah, everything was a sticker or cardboard. Those Tie Fighters were really well designed toys. I for never the time. had a Tie Fighter. Oh, I had a Tie Fighter. The Kenner, there's like the toys that made us. Have you seen the that the the, uh, the wings popped off? Yes, because you could like yeah simulate yeah. the explosion. So nice. Oh, that was good times. Yeah. There was one time. There's one at one point in my room. I was probably thirteen. That's a little Massachusetts coming out. Your room, <laughs> my room. Uh, I was thirteen or so, and I had the Playmate. Um, Enterprise, no, no. I had the Playmate, Enter- Enterprise, Romulan Bird of Prey, and Klingon Attack Cruiser, uh, suspended from my ceiling with fishing line, and the Falcon and the B wing, and the, they were all like in some sort of epic space battle in my mind. You know what I had? Um, although I was, uh, this was this was before my time, so I don't know. I think I had a friend of the family that gave it to me because he was a Star Trek fan. Before my time, oh, did you have the old bridge set? Yeah, wow. And there was a there's a spinner, so you put Kirk in. Oh, the like, transporter, yeah. On one side, say, and or her on the other, and then you spin it, and then you could see the lights, and then you, it, and then you press which way you want it to go, and so one person turns into the other person. My favorite thing. really makes sense in terms of uh, yeah, sure how that. <laughs> but you could could have it be like oh he's there, and then you spin it, and then he's not there. The Playmates line for pretty good Star Trek, <laughs> although it doesn't make sense why the. Uh, Transporter room would be uh, tied into the bridge. <laughs> Come on. Well, it was a site to site transport out of this episode. Yeah, it's no. um, But like the, uh, I had the, my fa- I think I've talked about it on this show, but my favorite place that I ever had was engineering. Yeah. There was a full blown engineering 
from TNG. Yeah. With a light up warp core that would make the sounds. Oh wow. You could fucking do a engineering. That yeah. is very specific. You could do the um That's your dream toy. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And I had I had you know, I had everybody but it was from the movie Gen- it was from Generations. It was from Star uh-huh. Trek Generations. So yes, I understand that I was like a little old, but I think it was probably what, ninety four, ninety five. I was eleven. Uh probably a little old for action figures, but uh, my mom for Christmas that year got me all of them. Yeah, got me, um, you know the whole the main crew of the Enterprise D, and they all had the uniforms on the toys. Uh-huh. They were going to redesign the uniforms for generations. Uh-huh. They did sketches. They made like Picard's uni- They made Patrick Stewart's uniform, and then they were like, you know what? This is going to cost too much. <laughs> We're going to use the TV show uniforms and throw some Deep Space Nine uniforms in there. So the, But the toys had already gone into production. Uh-huh. So the toys have the weird uniform that never existed. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But those were, my, those were what I had in engineering. I believe Jordy's visor came off. Oh, and his nice. eyes were his white. His eyes were white? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Ah, good times, guys. This is the kind of thing you listen to this podcast for. Wow, an engineering set. That is It was sweet. the best. Yeah. It was the best cuz like the um just I loved making a warp core breach sound <laughs> cuz that alarm would go off. Little Matt Myra just uh, having Jordy tinker with oh, the, he to would, increase the efficiency he would of totally the warp tinker. Engines. And then like I think I had a DS9 O'Brien that like hung out like oh, he would nice. come visit. Sure. Yeah. That's a fun crossover when you get to when you get the DS9 TNG uh, there's two episodes careful well there's two episodes of a crossover huh? a semi crossover when when in season TNG season beginning of season oh, okay. 6 okay so we got a ways we got a ways about oh, us don't know what it is but i know i hate to listen to singing improv <laughs> andy what is happening uh, well, Matt, <laughs> would you have them watch this episode? The most toys. I I like the performances in this episode. Okay. Uh, uh, yes. All right. There you go, folks. Watch the episode. Anything, by the way, anything. I think for me, anything. <laughs> if in fact you've gotten to this point, in the anything show, over mediocre toy talk. They fucking. You guys they love, love toy talk. Bunch of nerds. You all had the same toys. Or you're older and didn't have the toys. Oh, I think younger and didn't have the same toys. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Andy. Yes. We got to go into the Admirals Club, buddy. Mm, already? Well, we don't have to, but... Go to leave a five-star review and join the Admirals Club. Matt, how do they get into the Admirals Club? Oh, Andy, it's very simple. All they have to do is leave a five-star review on the International Tunes. The International House of Tunes. Uh, first one is from KG Blakefield, who writes us, Nerdy Entertainment. My husband, Bill, got me into Star Trek when we started dating. Listening to this podcast reminds me so much of our early conversations, a.k.a. hashtag all the feels. Myra's explana- explaining is soft. Uh, sorry. Myra's explaining is spot on for Bill, and Andy's constant confusion is identical to me. Thanks, guys. Trekkies new and old will love this show. Oh, Bill, you sound like a good guy. Uh, I think that's probably was, just misunderstood. That was the husband was Bill. Yeah, that's why I'm saying Bill's probably a good oh, guy because he's great. like me. Gotcha. Do you see what I'm saying? Right, and I feel like KG is the one who's uh, Kevin Garnett. 
<laughs> could be. <laughs> or KG from Tenacious D. Cage. Rage Cage. <laughs> uh, Deli281 writes, hi, can I be an admiral now? That's a delicious name. Deli281. Yeah. It's got an E in it. But, you know what uh, I'd like is the number 281 on the deli, at the deli. Okay, that's uh, what Godfather. That sure, I'll take it. Uh, Done. It's got uh, mozzarella and uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. a little more to Della. A little salami. A little salami. Oh, yeah. A little, a little uh, salt and pepper, some olive oil. Nice. Uh, Fram 788208 writes, Admiral Club, here I come. <laughs> you left out the S, Fram. This is the greatest Star Trek TNG podcast. I'm an HVAC tech and while at jobs, I plug in my earbuds and listen to the podcast. I often catch myself laughing out loud. I bet my customers wonder what I'm laughing about. Keep up the great work and keep the laughs coming. Admiral Rodriguez, out. If they look at you weird, uh, Admiral Rodriguez, uh, just turn to them and say, you're not going to believe how much this is going to cost. <laughs> That'll shut them up quick. Uh, now, Matt, if you can uh, walk through some of these doors and get us over to the uh, president circle. Oh, yeah. Oh, this one's good. Now, why is this door painted weird? Huh. We'll never know. Somebody must have been having fun with it. Oops, sorry, guys. That wasn't me. That was someone leaning against another button. Guys, it's so funny. I sometimes forget where... <laughs> the president's circle is, but I found That's it. A lot of doors. The United Federation of Planets, President Circle. Benji writes us. Uh, Andy, while you may have had a perfect hell bag, uh, you missed my admission slash entrance slash donation into the United Federation of Planets President Circle. Then I don't think that's a perfect hail bag. I, I consider this part of any communication with the outside world, I consider an outgoing hail or an incoming hail. Even though we haven't opened the We hails. haven't opened the hails. Sorry. I will, I will say probably what I was implying was I pitched a perfect beginning of the show, and that part is definitely not true. However, I would say technically, Matt is incorrect. I pitched a perfect hail bag. Nonetheless, I apologize to Benji, who uh, uh, describes himself in parentheses as professional Jew. Seriously, that's what it says on my tax returns. Um, oh, is he a rabbi? Oh, good question. That's what a professional Jew would be, right? He might just be in show Maybe business. Maybe he's a moil. <laughs> Oh. oh boy! <laughs> anyway, send your letters to sdtncpod at gmail at andy.net. Anyway, he wrote on the PayPal donation, uh, double chai for Secunda, way to represent the tribe with class and style. Certainly didn't today, Benji. Uh, and he sent us thirty-six cents. Um, <laughs> hey, Benji, right back at you with that thirty-six cent donation. <laughs> yeah, you're not really, really. I don't know, Benji. Uh, I don't know. I would have kicked it up a notch with all the with, with all the Jew talk. Uh, that's very funny. Uh, I'm Ross, terrible. Ross Hawkman, who also complained that I overlooked his his donation. Everybody's trying to get into the president those through the those president circle doors before it's too late. He sent us one seventy eight one dollar seventy eight cents. And he says, hey, guys, I'm not, uh, I'm currently not in a place to become a patron, so I wanted to get into the president's circle this way. Andy will know me as at the Ross Hawkman on Twitter. Disengage, Ross. Hey, Ross. Thank you. Hey, Ross. I agree. Jeffrey Jackson sent us $3.59 uh, saying, I hope I made it into the president's circle under the wire. If I did. You sure did. Then I want to declare I'm the president. Love the show. Keep up the good work. 
12-sided design. Love the shoe. You really, you slipped into an Ed Sullivan impression. Did I say shoe? <laughs> really big shoe. Why not? Why hey, not an Ed you know Sullivan? What? We were doing Rich why Little. Don't, uh, <laughs> why don't we go look for videos of Rich Little <laughs> That's doing been at least 28 minutes doing Ed that. Sullivan. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. It's really a good test of how old the people are who listen to us. Um, I hope well, that's a great question too. How old are the people? Somebody on the face us? group start a uh, a poll, or is this going to be depressing? Do we not want to see that? I love the thing about where people are geographically. I wonder yeah. if there's a way of collecting that information so that we can kind of organize. Oh, we could do a tour here or there because people have been posting, have been you know, emailing I, us about have that. The too. information. I know, but we're not going to sit down and figure it out. Also, I'm sorry. So you want someone to collect the information that's correct and i want someone which to is already collected do everything which is already collected yeah, hang so, on hang on so you're so, saying so everyone has access to it so wait <laughs> i'm very confused you're not, you're is, not confused <laughs> you know what's going on i really don't. <laughs> i don't want to do anything i know but like you don't have to it's all yeah we, but we have, have everybody them everybody's you don't have to you do no, but, no, no. Look, Matt, are you or I going to sit down and go, oh, there's this amount of cluster that's around Newark, what, New Jersey. We could do a thing there. That's what, like, my manager's office would do. And is your manager's office going to do that? If I ask them to, but then I have to cut them in. Well, there you go. I'm asking people to do it for us for free. But what I'm saying is, like, we can, I can look and tell you the numbers from major metropolitan areas. But right? you're never going to do that. I did oh. last week. Oh, the, the yes, the the numbers for you will do, but the counting you won't do. What do you mean by counting? I don't have to count because we have the numbers. This is a classic Andy and Matt argument look, because I is, think we both want the same thing. We do, but, but yet we're still going to argue so until nothing ever happens. About what's happening? Here's the main thing I would like to happen. You tell me the most efficient way to get to it. What do you want to know? Figure out. Yep. You said it was 300 people we would need. Oh, so you're saying we need... Okay, that's a different thing you're asking for. What you? What is the thing that Paul F. Tompkins does? The, the Paul P- Tompkins, the, PF, Paul F, the PFT three hundred, I believe. It is three hundred. I, I believe okay. that's what it was. Yes. So how did he do that? Was that Twitter? He did it on Facebook. Oh, okay. Which is what we have. <laughs> so we got to figure out a this way was to organize. Incredible that we finally arrived at a thing. Yeah. <laughs> we got well. We still have to figure out a way to organize it, basically the equivalent of that on Facebook. Hmm. And then what do we do? We then have to go there you and don't do a go? show? Well, this is where we're part ways. Well, I'd like to go there and No, do I'd like to do it when we're on hiatus. But I don't want to do it during the show, during the run of... But it'll be such a nice break in the week. That's called a weekend. All right, well, then we do it on hiatus. I don't know. I want to go someplace and see people. I spent a lot of time not being home. And have them chant my name. (laughs) Oh, well, I think you can just, I think you can get that going elsewhere. Those, those people I have to pay. Um, 12 sided design. Sent oh, that's us, a good. That's a good. It name. is a good one. Uh, sent us eleven dollars, and uh, he or she says, "Hi, Matt and Andy." Let's see what the name is at the end. Doesn't say. Uh, Hi, Matt and Andy. This odd amount is symbolic of the ten years Matt has oh. uh, been my audio friend, and now the one year that this podcast has been bringing Andy Secunda into the fold. I'm currently in my summer off from teaching high school English, which means. Uh, it is when I can pick up extra classes and odd jobs. This is when I can afford a little donation, and I won't be able to justify a Patreon subscription in the fall. Understood. When work starts in earnest and my second child arrives. Congratulations, Nicely 12-sided done. design. Uh, it was uh, my wife who helped me discover Matt so long Sounds ago. Sounds like you rolled a two. 
second child. Oh, correct. I couldn't figure 12-sided it out. Twelve-sided design. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm bad at those sorts of drogue structures. <laughs> um, it was my wife who helped me discover Matt so long ago. Oh. oh. Nice. And I wanted to take this moment to continue to wish you well from our family to both of yours. Uh, I'm completely alone, 12-sided. Thank you. Uh, she would never listen to this podcast, but uh, she's an avid Matt and Dory listener, to, which is my point, uh, as have uh, as I as have listened to you get married. I guess he's just saying as of oh listened. that like you listened to essentially my life the last ten years. You oh, I listened see. to two live-in girlfriends and my get wife. the career of your dreams and so much more. Uh, we were also getting married, having kids, and trying to make it all work. You really rub it in, twelve sided. You, Andy, Dory, and many, many more podcasters and comedians have been an important part of my life, and thank you for doing it. You owe me nothing more. Keep finding what makes you happy. That makes me happy. Heath, not your roommate from way back when. Another one. <laughs> he really knows all the deep cuts. He does. He knows he? Heath. Uh, Heath Water. Thank you so much, Heath. Um, and good luck to you and your lovely family. Um, Andrew Harkins, a frequent writer in and donator to the show, Andrew Harkins, I believe also a member of the President Circle, uh, sent us $17.01, independent of his joining the President Circle. Thank you so much, uh, Lieutenant Harkins. Um, out of the President Circle, don't grieve, fellow members. It's logical. The needs of the Patreon outweigh the needs of the Google Cash or the PayPal. Lieutenant Andrew Harkins. Thank you, Lieutenant Harkins. Did you just put us up on Facebook? No, we're not live yet. Okay. You received money from Dustin Maloney. Um, Thank he, you. He sent us $17.01. Whoa, that's like President's Circle situation there. I know. These people. Why oh, not just be in the President's Circle? Because they're just wonderful people that just want to, they can't stop themselves from throwing Latinum at us. Uh, Matt and Matt slash Andy, if you oh he's explaining Google Pay to me. If you make a Google Pay account, uh, you should be able to access all of these donations. Okay, let's figure out what needs to get uh, read on here. I'm sorry. We oh, should per, first of all thank him, and then and then does he have anything besides Google Pay? Yes, listener since episode one, getting into the president's circle before the cutoff. Uh, long live TNC. It's the highlight of my week. Get a load of this. Captain Dustin, U.S. Air Force. Oh, man, he's a real captain. He's a real captain in the Air Force. He outranks us. He sure does. Um, thank you for your service and your donation. Ca- you know, Captain Dustin, thank you for your service. Thank you for your donation. If there's any way of getting us on a plane or, you know, a cruise ship or not a cruise ship, a, a battleship, Hang on. Yeah. If you have any way to get us on a cruise ship, though. <laughs> cruise ship? <that's, laughs> really, how do we get the cruise ship going? That'd be really cool. That like, does sound If like, you could, like, buy us a cruise. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's, you can set up a... There's got to be Star Trek cruises we could get on. That there, probably there are would be Star a, Trek that would be a nightmare, they right? in January. You must have been invited onto those. Uh, I have not, but it also would there, it would conflict with so much work. I've never been able to say yes to anything like that. Fair enough. Um, here's another one from your friend, the Russian spy bot. My plan with the five dollars and twenty four was to send weird amounts of money that added up to seventeen dollars and one cent, but it didn't work <laughs> out. So here's seventeen dollars and one cent. Please do your president's voice more. I love it. Also, I put this thing in the face group book. Uh, so you plan on talking about it? Ignore ignore this. <laughs> but if you missed it, it's hard oh, to wow. make things make sense in the president's circle voice. Are you ever going to like, you know, maybe for the 
for the for the some special for some special uh, president circle members uh, on the show. You could read their names in the president's. Oh, voice. that could be. Oh, could boy. be. Andy, about the Instagram. What about doing a hashtag throwback Trex Day so you can post old content and new content at well? Two birds, one stone. I appreciate your suggestion, Russian spybot. The answer is no. William Gonzalez sent us seventeen dollars and one cent. William Gonzalez says. We are getting married in a month and a half, and we have been saving every penny for it. I gave up soda so I could have a little extra cash to donate to the show. William, you don't got to do that. You're getting married. Been listening since the first day the pod was out. Love the show and keep up the kick-ass work. Wow. That's crazy. Please have some soda at your wedding. What a beautiful bunch of people you are. You're the best crew any mediocre podcast could want. Um, Mostly. I feel like there's some people out there. My mom, for instance, <laughs> can be a real pain in the neck. Mary, I'm on your side. <laughs> I value you, Mary. Uh, I do, too. Thanks for the engineering play set for Christmas, Mom. Charles Quackenbush, I hope that's a real name, that, sent us $20. What were you going to say? Oh, I'm thinking of Hackenbush. Hackensack? No, Hackenbush, mm-hmm. which is Groucho's character from A Day of the Races. Nice. Nice pull. Um... Hey, we should watch a Marx Brothers movie. Were there, were there any space Marx Brothers movies? There weren't. No, there were no. <laughs> I space. can tell you that right now. I mean, they might have like a night in Casablanca. Like when they get that deep into it, the big store, like those er- that era, the yeah. post MGM era of uh, Marx Brothers. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? They could have wound up in space. That would have been a great one. The Marx Brothers were the best. Anyway, Charles Quackenbush says, "I can't tell you how delighted I am to finally be your Federation president." Oh, no. He doesn't get He's it. He's misinterpreted. This is embarrassing. I'm good president. Um, it was a long, grueling campaign, and I was only able to get through it with the help and advice of the inimitable Matt and Andy, whose podcast has helped to usher in a new era of peace in the Alpha Quadrant. Thank you so much. And that, Matthew, is the president's circle. Well, thank God, Andy, because we are 27 minutes into this podcast and we haven't even opened a fucking hail. We sure haven't. This is out of control. Mm-hmm. So is my mouth. I'm so sorry. Do not, if you're listening to this. What a potty mouth. Inappropriate language will not be tolerated in the president's circle, which is why we're leaving to go to the Admiral's Club where we can swear like sailors. <laughs> Oh, wait, I guess we have to go back onto the hallway. To we the rest sure of the do. Show. Look at um, all these people looking at boy, us. Boy, oh, boy. It's really awkward. I know, guys. Look, the buffet in there is really something to look for. They really have look for. raw Klingon food all over. There's some nice grilled cheeses that Guinan is making by heating up the top of her hat. <laughs> they just have these doors in between each buffet Excuse tray, me. huh? Excuse me. Uh, oh, that's not that door. Whoops, there we go. <laughs> Ah. That's the Admiral's Club. Thank God. Oh, no. Captain, we are being hailed. The hail bag has finally been opened. <laughs> uh, I think you're going to enjoy this one, okay. uh, Matt. This was in, is, is in regards to Hollow Pursuits. And uh, Larry writes us, uh, I sent Hollow Pursuits to my therapist, Mart and Andy. 
Hollow Pursuits is the episode of uh, SDTNG that exponentially increased my love for the series. Growing up, having a difficult high school experience, TNG was a comfortable escape for me. The Enterprise being so luxurious with carpeting, wood paneling, (laughs) touchpad screens, replicators, holodecks, people acting professionally and getting along. Even the bad episodes of the first two seasons, I could at least spend 45 minutes on the Enterprise D. When Hollow Pursuits aired, I was like, holy crap, I'm not alone. Using my primitive video editing skills, a VCR, and an 8mm camcorder uh, I got from my bar mitzvah. <laughs> Andy knows what I'm talking about. This was not my intention. It's turned into a real Jew-heavy podcast. I made a copy with the commercials removed and gave it to my therapist. <laughs> I hope this is true. I was like, see, Barkley, that's me. Now how do we fix it? Uh, after 10 more years of psychotherapy, I'd say I'm a more well-adjusted person now, married to a wonderful husband, uh, although I do sometimes go to parties and stare at plants. Um, BTW, I really hate Wesley after this episode because he should know better than to make fun of Barkley with his broccoli nickname. Remember in The Offspring when Data asked Dr. Crusher for advice about how to deal with Lal being laughed at at school? Beverly says Wesley had the same experience, and she comforted him by telling him uh, of an experience she had growing up. Fuck Wesley. (laughs) He He should shut up and eat his pie. Uh, anyway, love the podcast. Love diving back into my childhood by rewatching every episode again with well-adjusted adult eyes. Larry. Larry. Great email. Really great email. Uh, Andy, Ow. this is the engineering playset. Uh, hang on. I just want to show you. Oh, yeah. I forgot it came with a little wrench. That is, You would have to hit that wrench into the thing to stop the warp core breach. Oh, nice. Um, what happens if you didn't have the wrench? Well, you could just put a pen in there, which I often did. Uh, but look, there's a Barkley action figure. They got a Barkley? Oh, they have Barkley. They have, uh, they, there's uh, Wesley in full Ensign uniform. There's, That's uh, crackers. O'Brien. Why would they have a Barkley? Look at it. Isn't that great? Everyone's in engineering. Uh, the engineering place said, guys. Really, yeah, go, go look it up. Figure. Go look it up. Um, all right, Matt. Here's a voice hail. Um, he has something to say about a uh, music reference you made last week. Oh, no. Pursuits episode. I noticed that when Matt played a DMB song, he prefaced it with the quote, the greatest South African. No qualifiers, such as the greatest living South African or anything Oh, no, he's like better that. than Nelson Mandela. That's where you're going. So I was wondering if Matt was aware of someone by the name of Nelson Mandela. Oh, sure was. Uh, to be fair, I don't think Nelson Mandela ever made music that effortlessly combines rock, jam band, jazz fusion, folk, funk, and rock pop. Regardless, it seems like it might be an accidental historical oversight. Anyway, so live long and prosper, and can't wait for best of both worlds. Look, Bye. que sera, sera. That's all I got to say. I would just say, from my side of the uh, of the corridor, uh, you know, I think certainly it's it's the classic debate. Who's the greatest South African? Is it Nelson Mandela? <laughs> or, or is it Dave, David John Matthews? Um, and I would say for myself, I, you know, just I give it to Nelson Mandela. By a hair, but uh, but it's close, right? It's your close. It's hard to <laughs> yeah, it's hard to question, it. guys. Of course, of course, <laughs> Nelson Mandela is probably uh, probably I'm qualifying it. <laughs> probably even even in dropping he, the joke, he probably accomplished more than Dave. You can't but, you can't bury yourself. Hang on, to hang say. on. Uh-huh. Dave's not done yet. <laughs> 
finished. Nelson's music career is finished. So uh, Brandon Davis wrote to us, Andy, uh, do you think the whole... Oh, because I'm the only one who reads the hells. Uh, Andy, do you uh, think the whole episode takes place on holodeck? Go Navy, beat Army Brandon. Um... I thought that was an interesting point. Oh, that the whole episode could take place in a holodeck? Yeah, I think that would be insanely meta and, you know, and fun. They get there. Oh, really? To having some things that are like, this is so fucking meta, it's insane. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love meta. I'm a fan of meta. Uh, here is... Meta World Peace meta on w- our test. Thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> I also um, know sports. What do you know? Oh, we got a prime corrective. Mm. Time for a retrospective. Because truth is our objective. It's a prime corrective. Because Matt and he got it wrong. Uh, Matt repeatedly. This is from Dave Amiot. Oh, uh, Dave, I know. I replied to him on Twitter. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, we no, read it. Dave Amiot. Repeatedly referred to Dwight Schultz's character on the A Team as Mad Dog. It's not Mad Dog. Andy it's didn't correct me. Mad. I wasn't. I outside of the the opening, which I loved to pieces. I actually wasn't that much of an A Team fan. Oh well, I thought that it was a little bit dumb. That explains why you 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 didn't correct me. Yeah, it's not Mad Dog. It's Howling Mad Murdoch. Yes. yes. Am I the first person who pointed this out? Yes, Dave, and the only one. So, which by the way, I find highly insane that he's the only one it is crazy like look i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna pull the curtain back for a second here Uh oh we're knee deep into tuesday the Uh. show's been out for 48 hours it's true most of our downloads come the first day yeah and dave is the only person who's uh hit us up with Uh, that information most of the time with this kind of thing we get 10 emails and i try and pick the first right but Dave, um, you win. Your tweet wins. You Congratulations. Did you did it, Dave. Your little nitpicky moment. <laughs> yeah, you came out as a champion. He's always uh, very particular about nerddom in and, a way that I fully appreciate. Uh, here's another, uh, here's an even deeper uh, questioning. Is that ready? Me? Ready? Yeah, go ahead. Hang on. I'm playing Andy a video. <laughs> it of looks the so beautiful. Starship. You must have lost your mind oh, with this. It was the best thing ever. Oh, it doesn't light up. Oh, there it oh you gotta turn it on. Right? So nice. It's like it's so it's so gratifying. He's gonna go in there and like, and then it would shut himself down, and then he he'll hit the. Although, what's with the yellow walls? <laughs> How crazy is that? That's great. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I love it. I loved this. Is there a second floor? Place or no? so much. No, no. It's just this one little level. Then you can start that, and then I—I th- I wonder if he'll put the little. Look this up. Is he gonna put the little toy in? Send me, send me the link to this, Matt, and I'll, and I'll put it on the Twitter. Okay, dokey. Um, you guys are in for some good luck. We went, we read Dave Amiot. Oh, Andrew Meyer one. says, as a music nerd, I got to be pedantic. Oh, God. When Matt said the last note of the "Simple for Everyone" but Matt and Andy song was dissonant, it wasn't. It was actually here's the interesting part. It was actually a Picardy third, no relation to Picard, that came after many other dissonant intervals in the melody. It sounded a little odd due to the dissonance and relatively minor tonality. Hang on, read that it. sentence again. It sounded a little odd due to the dissonance. Thank you. Continue reading. I, I'm that with you on it. it. I gotta say, and relatively minor tonality that came before it, but it actually was a very, oh, very consonant note. Jesus. 
is really okay, let are. me buckle up uh, this guy here i said buckle up for the first time in the podcast take your drinks uh what's his name his name is andrew myers andrew listen i have to say something i have to confess something <laughs> i took mu- music theory three times at two different colleges and i dropped it every time because of this stuff i just for some reason i just could never get it into my head it's very i don't know it's to me it's like film theory i took film theory courses and all of it has nothing to do no. with making a film it has nothing to do well with, well i guess music theory does have yeah. to do with making music, so, so it's not but right. film theory at least you're like you're not wrong do you know what i mean it's like name it's all subjective yeah yeah do you know what i mean yeah, sort of, I mean, I guess music is subjective. I like music. I don't like this music. But, you know. But you don't Whether need, a note is dissonant or a third Picardian. You, you don't need music theory to be a great musician. No. Like, Paul McCartney doesn't know music theory. Is that true? Yeah. I thought he was, like, a prodigy. Because he plays by ear. That's crazy! He knows, like, how to play. I mean, now, by now, he knows, like, what fucking chord he's playing, what the name of the chord is. But, like, you know, a lot of these people didn't have full-on music training. Not how everyone... How freaking Paul McCartney and John Lennon happen to meet up? That's insanity! That's the way the world works, you know? I guess it's just like us, huh, buddy? <laughs> we are the Paul McCartney and John Lennon of Star Trek The Next Generation Podcasts. <laughs> that are called Star Trek The Next Conversation. <laughs> uh, and here's one more. Oh, no, I missed a hail. I'll put it next week. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I guess we're ready for to take a peek, my friend. Oh, into... God, there's more? Well, you got the face group, unless you want to skip it. Oh, I can't skip the face group. They'd be so sad at me. Computer access face group. Who photoshopped Andy with a cat? Who's that calling Matt a twat? Just take a look. It's on Facebook. It's in our face group. Oh, Andy, look. We've been live for 14 seconds on the face group. Unannounced, we've showed up. We've, we've shown up to the face group. You now look like you're... I, you just were going to look that way, and it was very funny to me. What do you, what do you want? Do you no, want no, that you were just like... It just seems like funny that you were just right. like, this is how we do the podcast. <laughs> you look away from me. One person's watching. We did it. Uh, who is it? Uh, I don't know. Are we not allowed to say? Can I see who's watching? I don't think I can. Right. So, guys, the face group, if you're not familiar with it by this point, it's a wonderful place where you should be showing up. It's called the Star Trek Next Conversation Facebook group or the face group. Um, and it is, you know, anyone can join it. Andy and I... Uh, frequent with these types of live drop-ins while we're recording the podcast much to the chagrin of some people who don't see us because we don't we never really know when we're recording it's true uh until minutes before we're recording um so for that i apologize to people and uh oh i got a nice work representing the red sox from david willis thank you david so what happens sometimes is we'll come in and we'll be like hey blah 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 i'm in there frequently i post the episodes you know, here's here's the impact of the face group on on our lives, Andy. Okay, I was in there on Sunday. This podcast was scheduled to go up around ten thirty, and then someone asked, "Does anyone know when the podcast is going up?" <laughs> and I replied, 
When do you want it to go up? Oh, uh, you just love to blow people's minds. Phoebe, just, Phoebe, I believe, was her name. She said now, and mm-hmm. I said, done. <laughs> so I went, I flipped it to published, and uh, came back and said, it's all done. I think you guys all should be supporting the Patreon, because Matt Meyer is definitely the kind of person that once he becomes a crazy millionaire, he will walk into every bar and club and say, drinks are on me! Uh, Just to see their oh, expressions. In addition to, yeah. uh, you know, if you're not drinking, yeah. uh, well, how about some Diet Coke? You know? Are you just trying to include people in the program? I'm just trying to include anyone who wants to be in this cool uh, millionaire situation where Matt's a millionaire. I love this situation. If you're in a bar, though. I just want to be fully inclusive. All right. <laughs> well, let's say I'm in a fancy restaurant. Uh-huh. Meals on me. Well, Everyone's getting dessert. I hope I'm around for that. By the way, I never got my master. People have brought up every once in a while the Mastro's. Mastro's you have not gotten. Never, I never got my Mastro's. But I realized that I did buy something for you, Andy. I'm going to give it to you on the on this. I bought it for you in, in Massachusetts. He's saying this because he knows his birthday's coming up, and I'm going to give him something. No, no, no. Uh, I swear to God. This was purchased. I'm putting this down here for a second. This was bought for your birthday. He's forgotten. He's forgotten. He forgot about this until literally days before his birthday. Well, no. It's, I, I, I didn't mean to do workings. it like that. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to do it like that. What did you say? You said something that triggered it in my head. I want presents. So well, maybe that's what you said. I don't know. But uh, Andy, I got. I saw this. Uh, I was with uh, Joe. Joe McDonough, also in the face group. He can vouch for me. Uh-huh. I saw this and I said I should get this for Andy because uh-huh. his birthday is coming. Okay. And then typical me, got it. It's been sitting here for months. Wow. Anyway, Andy, this is your very own. Oh boy, Captain Picard. It's a Captain Picard. <laughs> is it a Lego? What is this? I thing? don't know. This has the, a. But here, it's I'll a weird. It the, oh, here you the, go. I'll show the face, the face group. group. Guys, look at this. I bought I this. What's the thing this by the side? Is that just Mega a Mega Constructs Heroes Captain Picard. <laughs> He's very stiff. And what I liked about it the most was that for some reason it came with a phaser rifle, which you hardly ever see Picard handling a phaser rifle. Uh, it's got one of his pads. Uh-huh. And the weirdest part was the only other Star Trek figure they make yeah. is a Borg. So here's what it is, right? Oh, I guess it's Heroes and Villains, right? Is that what it's called? Heroes and Villains. This must be the theme because I've it's... heard of Heroes and Villains. Well, I, I think you just... Of course you've heard of that because it's... I've heard of the word heroes and I've also heard of the word villains. So. Well, hmm. look, you can... It seems like there's a Build Beyond at megaconstructs.com. There's oh, like do a, you put some them, sort of thing. I don't do know. Do you build things with them? But so here's your, here's your things. You have a He-Man and a Skeletor. What? In that collection? <laughs> yep. A Marine and an Alien. A space marine and an alien. Just generic? And No, no. I mean, from aliens. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so the queen and the, you know, I'll guess it's, uh, I think it's. A xenomorph? No, no. No, it's just it's, it's just a colonial marine. That's weird. And then uh, you have Picard and a Borg. Those are the three. Those are the, those are the licenses that this company got. It's very funny to me. So I figured on an episode called The Most Toys, Andy. So strange. Would get he a gave toy. me a toy. Thank you, buddy. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Is this gun maybe a gun he has when he's trying to shoot the Borg in that movie? Oh, in, in the movie? I mean, it's a phaser rifle. It's a Type 2 phaser rifle, which you know, you'll see pop up here and there. Uh, on the series, uh, there's a whole thing with a whole shipment of these at one seems, point. Seems like an odd thing to give Captain Picard. In yeah, a, in I a agree. Toy. But like, also like, if you're going to be 
just doing it's probably the conversation about the toys that that brought this to your mind oh, maybe that was it also by the way i just want to point out how different the sculpt on the prototype on the box is versus the sculpt i love that when toys are like sculpted in the prototype with that photo like you have uh, eyebrow ridges, you have like a lot of detail in the face, and then you look at the real face. It's crazy the <laughs> difference. That that is a, just blatant false advertising. It is beautiful in that picture. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, and yeah, we just did this for the face group. So the face group got to see the cat Picard figure, and uh, those are the kinds of things that can happen when you join the face group. Looks like the joints move on this one. Oh, Andy's very excited, guys. Tune in Where next will I week. Put it. I really wonder what this thing on the bottom. It must be for for feet. But why, but why are there three of them? This is illogical on every side. Is that a tricorder up top? I think it's a pad, right? Doesn't it look like it's just, oh, it's it's like, it's just like an assignment. I got to get 12 of those and put them in front of him in case uh, for when he's dealing with a lot of crap. So quick hello to everybody in this face group right now that's commented. David, uh, How Chris, many people Jared, Jake. There's 25 people watching us who are still up on a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Nick, Joe, Kimberly, uh Andrew, Ricardo, Mickey, Nick, Josh, guys, thanks so much. Uh, Kimberly, did I say Kimberly? Mickey, a lot of great people. Uh, Gabriel, Travis, you guys are just fantastic. Uh, And uh, thank you so much. So uh, everybody at home who is not a member of the face group, get in there if you want weird video like this. In fact, I'm going to end live video, and I'm going to keep this video up there so anyone who wants to go see this figure andy get presented a figure and me get accused of doing it selfishly to get birthday presents i didn't say you were doing it to get birthday (laughs) presents i know you're not like that i know i just i'm I'm accusing you of sensing that your birthday was coming and knowing that you were going to lose the emotional upper hand you know what i'm not i'm not a big present guy you're fantastic at it i I am a present guy i love to give presents and i love to get presents i don't uh but i also love to give presents yeah anyway guys Thanks so much. We'll see you around. I'm going to leave this video up, so if you want to join the face group, you can see what the hell it is like when Andy's given a gift. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Face group book closed. Fa- oh, okay. Hang on a second. I was, I was caught off guard. Oh, actually, you know, uh, a, a gentleman sent us a, uh, a voice hail uh, with a, uh, a closing uh, face group theme, and here it is. Goodbye. Sorry. Goodbye, space group. We're the nerds of Star Trek wine. I'm going back to my station. Back on deck 39. That was it. (laughs) I don't know what that was, but I was into it. Really? What was that? That was a face group closing theme. And, All uh, right. He was just riffing. And uh, and uh, I'll say, uh, I was going to skip over this voice voice hail. Oh, boy. And then I remembered, before we close the hails, yep. that he actually complained that I keep skipping over his, his hail. So I'm going to play this one. Okay. Captain's Lock, Stardate 321-765. Once again, Mr. Secunda has ignored my hails. And as I'm sitting in the captain's mess taking care of my business, I've recalled how many times this has happened. Not only have I sent many a good informative hail talking about how data existed in yesterday's enterprise, angry accent 
describing <laughs> situations and losing my context within this. Uh-huh. All I say is, Secunda, Secunda, Secunda. Nicely done. Um, Look, I, I, I don't. But yes, I don't. I don't hate the idea of <laughs> a Secunda being like. I can't. I can't. Some kind of alien. I don't know where this is going, but some kind going. of alien word for angry. <laughs> Just like, oh wow, when Klingons are super angry, not only do they get physical, but they yell Secunda. <laughs> it it alerts maybe Grathor. Is that the hell? Who? Is that the Klingon hell? Grithor? I think it's Grithor. It's close if it's not Grithor. But that's oh, what they yell. Oh, you're thinking you know, they of yell, the, uh, the boat there. They yell in one way to Stovacor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe they yell in a different direction for to, they yell to, Secunda. What if they just called it Undercore? Like they were like, <laughs> nah, I don't know. Let's just call it Undercore. Folks, if you would like to leave a voice hail, uh, you can call into 816-TREK-TNC. Uh, our Instagram and our Twitter is at Star Trek TNC. Uh, Mr. Myra here is at Matt Myra at Twitter. Grathor it is, Andy. Ha <laughs> ha, Secunda. Uh, my Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. My Twitter is at Secunda. Um, both are... You are not Feklar. <laughs> and, uh, oh, by the way, oh, you know... No, what happened? If you want... To send a lovely birthday gift or anything else to us, we now have a P.O. box, which I keep forgetting to mention. Um, Guys, send a birthday gift to Matt don't, Myra. Don't send birthday gifts to Matt Myra. He loves them. I he doesn't know how to handle them emotionally. I don't need a birthday gift. For future gift. reference, I am both a generous giver oh, well, and, and a gracious receiver. Andy loves a gift. I love a gift. Send a gift over to Andy. Uh, send them to Matt, too. And, and you can send them to... <laughs> no. And I apologize for this, Matt. I tried to get a P.O. box with... Star Trek TNC and oh, it seems very can, right? confusing. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of rigmarole. So it, it is Andrew Secunda because I know you would never check it. Uh, P.O. Box four six eight nine eight, Los Angeles, California nine zero zero four six. My only request is to email us that you have sent something. You, USPS has no Again, alert. Andy doesn't want to make a trip. For no reason. I can't. You have to check every 13 days or they send it back. You think I'm going to go and check every 13 days? Well, you could. Like, we can make it like a, well, it's a weekly time, weekly run over to the, to the box, and then we open it, right, and, and open it and see that it's empty. But we film it every time. We could do that. Do you want to do that? If we go and get food every time, I will do that with you. Oh, Captain fucking fast a lot. I'm swearing a lot. I'm sorry. You are. My fasting is going quite well, except for my constant dizziness and headaches. Well, but he looks great. I'm really great. I mean, like he caught some sort of bug. I'm really thin, and I feel like I'm just storing it up for the next time I'm really going to go to town, which may be Vegas. Oh, I guess we'll have already been in Vegas. Yeah, by the time this airs. So hopefully we saw a lot of you, and Andy didn't offend you, and I didn't offend you. Uh, Fat chance. Definitely Dory probably offended you if you saw her. Uh, oh, wait, I didn't finish my point. So email us if you send something to our P.O. box, uh, or you can send voice hail, uh, voice, not voice hails, uh, regular hails to sttncpod at gmail. Well, hang on, don't be so hasty. If you want to like record com. some sort of cassette voice hail and physically mail it to us, you could do that. <laughs> It'd be really weird. And we'd like probably a, never be able to play it. On a cassette tape? Yeah. Do you even like, have Because you technology? said you can't send us voice hails in the mailbox. And I said, well, they could. Yeah. What What is the current technology they would send it on? An SD card? I mean, you'd send the file, I think, just over the air. This has been a crazy... It's been 53 minutes. Hail section. 
Oh, it's been the longest thing we've ever done. So you can even argue, either argue that you are really getting your money's worth here's the or problem. that we are really wasting a lot of here's your life. The, here's, the, here's the problem with how we did this. Okay. We waste so much of their time that we then extend that time waste to ask them if they're going to send us things, please email us. <laughs> uh, you know what? That part, I think, is the most entertaining part of everything we've discussed. Oh, <laughs> Whatever sure. the case, ladies and gentlemen, that is your hail bag. All right, we're talking about the most toys, Andy. And uh, that music means that I already know what was number one the week of May 7th, 1990. We saved those precious seconds for you guys. Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor and Killer by Adamansky both maintained their U.S. and U.K. Uh, dominance, respectively. It was On Fire When I Lay Down on It by Robert Fulgham. Is that pronounced? Uh, sure. Was a bestseller, and Pretty Woman led the box office for a second week. I like how you're asking the other guy who can't pronounce things. <laughs> well, it's not a space name. It's true. Uh, the Soviet Union continued to crumble. That's really dancing on the nice. Of the Soviet. By the way, not for long, uh, as Latvia declared independence, um, character actor David Rappaport committed suicide. Oh, Matthew no. Kirk, what are you doing? You're dragging everybody down. Um, I'm not even going to go into the horrible details. Oh, but here's the tie-in. He was supposed to play. He had previously attempted suicide while filming the TNG episode, The Most Toys, cast in the role of Kivas Fajo. There you go. Sal Rubinek was hired to replace Rappaport after the incident. And I always thought it was Harvey Villages that was supposed to play him. That would have been really... Oh, I would have. That would have been a terrible episode. Loved it. I would have been over the moon and it really would have undermined the the terrifyingness of that character Rappaport was born with dwarfism and suffered depression he what wait a minute so both of the characters they were they were gonna cast no 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 Harvey Village oh that's just your idea in my head has been in my head for a deck over a decade of like that like in my mind it was a fact yeah that Harvey I even like said this to Frakes like over drinks one night that you thought he was and I was like wasn't it Harvey Villachez and he's like (laughs) he's like wait he's like wait was it (laughs) Frank's gonna remember no 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 and then he's like no no it was David uh, it was David and I was like Saul Rubinick no, no, no. I'm talking oh, about David like, Rappaport that had been, yeah. David Rappaport was going to be. In fact, they have him in costume. There's pictures of him in that costume. Oh, That's really? how far, yeah. I, I, oh, wow. Um, Why was he so depressed? He was in TNG. Well, you know, people are depressed, Andy. No, it's true. And Depression. always, if you are depressed, I say you seek your own personal counselor, Troy, a, a medical health professional. That is probably going to be more useful. That's true. Uh, they won't be pretending to understand your emotions. They, <laughs> they will won't hear be, what you say and help. And they also won't be written by a group of people who don't know what to do with your therapist. <laughs> That's true. They're your real therapist. <laughs> do you think any of them even went to therapy the way no, they No, I like think Troy? they were writing television and then were like, fuck. Okay, yeah. we have to do something with Troy. <laughs> but don't they eventually, all ter- television writers eventually end up in therapy? Oh, we all are. That's why we had to almost strike. Because our medical had to cover therapy, and then yeah. everyone in the writer's guild is in therapy. <laughs> um, lastly, Time Magazine's cover featured the caption, Dirty Words, America's Foul-Mouthed Pop Culture. I wonder what the uh, who the who the star on the cover was. Whatever the case, that is our This Day in Trek history, my friend. There he is, Andy. That was him? Yeah. 
I'm showing Andy uh, David Rappaport having shot that episode. Part of part of the episode. Uh, he would have been scary. It would have been great. I see I they shot him being caught at the end. That's how far it went in. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's it's uh, fascinating, and uh, it's maybe been the first time in TNC history that we got all the way through a song. Oh my God, that's how it's how verbose laissez-faire we are. we are. Yeah. Um, thank you, Sinead. <laughs> Sinead, you are awesome. You really are. Uh, so okay, we're talking about the most toys. Uh, Saul uh, Saul Rubinick, by the way. Yes. I think he's great in this part. Can we get Jane Wheatland on the show? She's a huge Trek fan. What? How does this happen? Where did that come from? I don't from? know. I was thinking, I wonder if Sinead O'Connor is a, is a Trek fan. And then I thought to myself, you know, who is a Trek fan is uh, Jane Wheatland. And a couple of years ago, I would have gone, well, we're, we're, we haven't established the show enough to have Jane Wheatland on the show. But I feel like now we have. I could sit there and rap to her. I'm a giant, giant Go-Go's fan. We also don't have guests. Well, there's there are a lot of stumbling blocks to this theory. <laughs> I like how. Anyway, whatever. Andy, Andy, who else would you like to have as a guest? Um. Oh, geez, I can give you a list a mile long. Uh. Well, your list is not going to be a mile long, Andy, because we are 58 minutes into it, and I'm about to read Larry Nemechek's description. Let's do it. Well, probably 59. Now, probably 60 minutes once I add in the song. Yeah. The theme song and the uh, ad for our good friends at Ripley's. At least it's a, a nice round number. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. I paused it just for a minute there, and, and, and Andy and I went off on our own little tangents, but weirdly, both tangents were about Star Trek. So it's very strange. It's time to talk about the most toys, and this is from uh, Larry Nemechek's Star Trek The Next Generation Companion Revised Edition, and I have to say, Larry was such a hoot this weekend at the Star Trek convention. Really a great guy. Imagine if he was horrible, and I was like, man, I said he was a great guy. I'm just kidding. I'm saying this because this episode comes out after we can do a been... prime corrective next week. <laughs> after we know. <laughs> Larry, a uh, Larry uh, it's a great guide, and we use it every week. And... I wonder who I'll meet. I wonder if I'll meet any of the stars besides Jonathan Frakes. Well, who says you're going to meet Frakes? Well, I mean, I've already met Jonathan Frakes, at least on the phone. Who says you're going to Who says you're gonna meet Frakes? I'm not saying. What if I caught in a loop and that's what I just kept saying to you? <laughs> you terrible thing. I for think me. You can, I think you'll meet whoever you feel like meeting. You think so? Yeah, I mean, also like everyone's available for a hundred dollar photo. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. By the way, I said to Frank's I kind of wanted to pay the hundred dollars because they're building ten forward. Are they really? Yeah, I think they're having like a ten forward photo op, and I don't know what that means. Cool. Like, I don't know what that means. It's probably just one side of it, right? They're not building the whole thing. I don't know. And yes, I mean, likely my in my brain, the cheapest, efficient thing to do is to like build out one window and a table. Sure, but even still, to get a photo with any of these people at that ten forward table would be like a huge thrill for fans. It's true, but it's like all Has of Whoopi these. Has Whoopi ever come to any of the? Events? Yeah, sure, uh-huh. sure. Um, not this year though I don't think so she's got too much going on she does do a show five days a week yeah and you know she's got an EGOT so that's true (laughs) she's fine (laughs) anyway here is you think I'm gonna get an EGOT buddy (laughs) yes you're you're you've (laughs) got you're gonna Emmy you're gonna drink some tea with your ego (laughs) 
Um, here it is. It's in those toys. Data's presumed lost by a shocked crew who watch his shuttle pod blow up. I feel like the engines aren't on loud enough. Oh, yeah. Uh, while returning Doing from dealer Kivas Fajo's ship, saddened his shipmates go on to their mission, little knowing that Fajo has staged the disaster. So he and Data... See, so he could add data to his prized galaxy-wide collection of stolen one-of-a-kind artifacts. Fajo's comic manner hides a cunning side, unhindered by ethics or consequence. Determined to break the android's resistance to being collected, he is humiliated when Dana, Data won't perform for a friend and rival. Though Fajo's assistant, assistant Varia, seems... Uh, Varia? Varia? Sure. I'm mispronouncing it. Varia. Seems loyal to him. Data senses that she feels trapped as he does. When Fajo finally breaks Data by threatening to kill Varia with a painful band disruptor beam, she finally agrees to help the android escape. But Fajo heads them off and kills Varia. Data gets control of the weapon, but Fajo taunts the android because of his directive against killing for no reason. Meanwhile, the Enterprise officers have been researching Fajo's record and guess the truth regarding Data's disappearance. As they prepare to rescue him, sensors reveal a weapon being fired, a subject Data is surprisingly close-mouthed about, even after Fajo is arrested and his prized possession is confiscated. What happened to the engine? They're there. You, you want to hear them? all quiet. Sometimes we drop into impulse power occasionally. <laughs> is that what's happening? Yeah. Here we go. The most toys, ladies and gentlemen. If you're still with us. Captain's log, Stardate 43872.2. In order to neutralize a sudden contamination of the water supply at the Federation colony on Beta Agni 2, we are procuring 108 kilos of hytritium from the Zabalian trader Kivas Fajo. Now, if you were to read this in, like, text, it is so... Hang on, let me continue playing. Because pure hytritium is too unstable for our transporters. Okay, here's what we're going to do. This is this is, this is such, the most insane captain's log. I've classic ever, sci-fi gobbledygook. Oh, I've ever heard. So I'm just gonna say no. Whenever a word comes up that's not a real word. Ready? Mm-hmm. Captain's log, Stardate four three eight seven. No, point Stardate. In order to neutralize a sudden contamination of the water supply at the Federation colony no, on Beta Agni no, two, no. we are procuring one hundred and eight kilos of hytritium from no, the Zabalian trader no, Kivas Fajo. No. Because pure hydrogen nope. is too unstable for our transporters. Nope. Lieutenant Commander Data nope. has been shuttling the material nope. to the Enterprise. Nope. <laughs> like, that's how many fake things were in that. I kind of thought it would be funny if, if Picard halfway through was just like, and the detritiums, ah, you get it. <laughs> just, I mean, he might as like, well. Blah, blah, blah. You know. Like, it's such a... You're having to set up so much in this... In, in this captain's log yeah um, because it's going to come into play later but oh. get that trumpet uh-huh. oh, sorry the trombone and sorry it's too late uh, it's written by Sherry Goodhearts oh my god I can't believe I didn't do that this and, is directed by Timothy Bond and written by Sherry Goodhearts. Uh, and I will say, uh, and maybe my mind was on it because that that opening, and I think even the conversations that that follow in this cold open, are just so much packed, as you say, made up sci-fi stuff, techno babble, a techno babble that's just hilarious. Um, but I I gotta say, later on when they get into the procedural aspect of it and them sort of breaking down. 
like you know, narrowing you know how the field I feel fund. about that. Yeah, you know how I feel about that. I think she, and again, it's always impossible to tell what what each writer of individual episode is responsible for. But I assume she's responsible for a ton of this stuff at the I top. F- I feel like she like, must really know her tech stuff backwards and forward, and that is really smart in this episode. No, I yeah. guarantee you, this is like just we, we got to run this down to we know we got to run this down to Mike Okuda oh. and uh, Andrew Probert. <laughs> Did they really get into the tech stuff on the show? What do you mean? In terms of the writing. Well, I mean, they were the tech... You know, the, you need these technical advisors around all the time. Like, even in, you know... Uh, but Mike Okuda was a, the visual designer, wasn't he? Yeah, but he also wrote the manual. Oh, yeah. So he was just Robert. real smarty pants all around. He just, you know, he sat down, talked to scientists, and figured out how warp drive was supposed to work. You know what I mean? Like, and then uh-huh. ended up in the technical manual. Um so like even now when they write uh, you know the discovery writers when they need techno babble they write techno babble <laughs> and then it's like figured out by someone else really oh I can't wait until that's me <laughs> I personally I'd be like give me the techno babble hey we never got to you said you were gonna help me accomplish my dreams at some point well, you have so many dreams which one uh, like finishing yeah. a whole pizza well, I think direct you've done that buddy alright directing uh, some tentpole sci-fi or fantasy kind of uh, fun giant movies that would be one um, but the more short term dream is to get into hour long uh, uh, genre writing a la Star Trek or uh, whatever so I'm supposed to help you with that how you said tell me what your dreams are <laughs> I'm going to help you figure out how to make them I thought it was on air but maybe it was off air <laughs> I mean it could have been on air well Andy first of all I'd like to see you try to write an hour long script Ugh, this is too hard never mind <laughs> All right, back to this. This will be the last trip, sir. The remaining cases of hytritium are now being loaded. Acknowledged. Mr. Wolf, advise Beta Agni 2 that our departure no. is imminent. Aye, Captain. <laughs> at warp 6, we should be there at just over 16 no. hours. <laughs> <laughs> what if this was the show? Oh, it would be so reviled by everyone. <laughs> Um, notice the... Uh, have we seen the Pike shuttle? That the shuttle was called Pike, and I don't believe we've seen it before. Well, we don't see it again either because it gets destroyed. Pike, just the person and the shuttle just have had bad luck all around. Uh, Sir, we've saved this one piece of the Pike shuttle. (laughs) We're going to put it in this fun chair. Loading is complete. When the piece wants to talk, beep once or twice. Enterprise shuttle bay two, prepare for docking. Level one precautions for incoming material remain in effect. If you'll just acknowledge this last load, Commander. I would have turned and been like, I uh, don't have a thumbprint. Does he not have a thumbprint? I'm an android. You know, this uh, is a made-up thumbprint. I'm sure Dr. Sung... <laughs> it's it's Sung's thumbprint, isn't it? I mean, if he worked out, like, how to make him uh, cry, you know what I mean? Like, if yeah. he gave him tear ducts at some point, then I think he probably managed to throw a thumbprint on there did he doesn't data have yellow tears i don't think i've seen it yet in general you've seen the movie generations right the kirk yes does Picard he... thing when he finds spot i don't i don't remember this but don't refresh my memory By the way, a lot of good stiff acting by uh, oh, Brent Spiner in this. Incredible. He is really, he is really called to android it up in this episode, and he does a fine job. Kilos bio sheeting. Looks like a straight out 
mannequin, as the person calls them later. They have mannequins in the future, FYI. <laughs> well, you got to see how your clothes are going to look. <laughs> they don't have so just robots. Damon Field reads nominal. Now leaving the Jovis. I'll be around. Love that chip, the Jovis. I wish they were like, uh, I'll be You know what? Put on golf. <laughs> what are they? What were they looking at previously? I want to see my quarters. Put my quarters. I want to see what Livingston's doing. <laughs> what were they like? Seriously, what was he looking at before? That's, that's captain's room. Just space. Ready room. Huh? What were they looking at prior to that? That is a really good point. What image was up on screen? That's true. Okay, thank just you. Just a, a ticker tape. Like st- stock prices. <laughs> oh, what if it was just like? I wish it was just like a constant like flow of everything happening on the ship. Ugh, uh, so boring. Beverly Crusher misdiagnosed three colds <laughs> today. Uh, so and so got an A in school. Uh, Mott the barber is booked up. Captain of Radish's report. Field stable. Gravitational fluctuations within acceptable parameters. Flight pattern. I wish. Flight pattern, not so good, boss. <laughs> Flight pattern, minimal. <laughs> By the way, I think uh, Jordy's never spoken that much about a shuttle going around. No one in has. history. It is so much procedure <laughs> that has never been shown on the show that I was delighted to finally see it. <laughs> Love that it's Worf, by the way. It Love is that it's Worf who delivers the Completely line. bizarre. Why Worf, of all people? Uh, data. So he can have that emotional moment with Troy later. Seems like, this little, is a situation a where, like... Forced. No, this is a situation where they've... In the room, they've broken the story. They wrote it. They have that moment with Worf and, uh, and Troy. Yeah. And someone at the network was like, I don't buy it. Well, he needs to, like... We need to mention. Can we this. show him being can sad? We show, can we show a sad data like the situation there before? Well, Klingons don't really act sad. No, but it? like uh, he's his friend, right? They've been on the same ship for a long I time. Mean, technically, he look. Should... This is my first season on the show, uh, but yes. I've 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 watched the last three. Okay, and I just don't like. I want to like he, they're friends, right? Wouldn't he be sad? Well, I can tell you in the mythology of Klingons, he's supposed to roar. Oh, it's a Klingon. Uh, that's what the wharf is. He's that's a Klingon? It's a Klingon, yes. Klingon what? Uh, uh, Klingon. Well, is he clinging on to his friendship with Data? Show it. Uh, well, he's supposed to roar to to Stovacor to warn them. Wh- 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 what's he roaring for? He looks like he talks. Okay. Uh, how about I just have him say Data, sadly? We like it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was an accurate depiction. <laughs> was that Snark Theater? Of That was Snark People Theater. People had requested Snark Theater. That was Snark Theater again. That was a wonderful time, but also shockingly accurate network notes. <laughs> Matt, I realized I totally didn't mention the Patreon. <laughs> it should be the only thing I'm mentioning. Well, Andy, we could always record an ad for the Patreon and run it at the beginning of the show. <laughs> should we do that? Seems like that'd Well, be that'd annoying. be mean to Ripley's. Right. At the Crossroads of Entertainment. Right, we have a Patreon. Go to Patreon. Uh, www.patreon.com if you, forward slash Star Trek TNC for bonus pods. If you liked the first 40 minutes of this show. <laughs> I don't know why. This is the one episode they would never have to hear anything else this entire month. Data. But I do want to say, I Data. really do. That is, that for me, that rings the conversation we just had about oh, Network Note. Definitely. That rings so true to me of like why that line is in there and why it's 
Worf delivering it, which is... But weren't they beyond network notes at this point? I guess they're never beyond no, network no notes. No, no one is. But also, what network? I guess it's a studio note then, Yeah, it's a right? studio note, yeah. Apparently. Um, but, like, that line, I feel like, belonged to Geordi. Yeah. And they just were like, all right, well, Worf can say it. <laughs> well, yeah, now I buy it. Does Timothy Bond have a lot of episodes? Let's find out. Uh, Timothy Bond, of course, is James Bond's nephew. James Bond Jr. is the... I need- Whoa, what is that? That was a, an ad on my thing. Do you not... Wait, why did I just write Timothy Bond, James Bond into Google? Uh, he directed this episode. I was trying to see how many other ones he directed. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's look that up. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking it up on the computer. Meanwhile... Uh, in Andy's world, he could have been looking this up also. I am looking it up. I'm looking it up before. Oh, he's Canadian. Big thumbs up on that. I went to Canada recently. From Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. For uh, those of you following Oh, do South. Remember that? Uh, I remember of it. Uh, TNG. Not uh, Tim, uh, Timothy, sir, Mr. Bond, not a huge uh, Wikipedia page. Uh-huh. So I think I'm going to have to look at your. Uh, he currently serves as. Uh, oh, he was the Let's Syracuse see, stage. Captain. Yeah. Oh, anyway, you are you, a serious question. Are you looking any of this up or am I no, still? No, I thought you were doing it. Okay, because I, I should be. Here's what we should it. do. Okay. When we're doing this. Yes. You should be the one. Okay. Who's looking up the things because okay. I'm in control of like what we're hearing on the episode. Okay, fair enough. For the episode. I need new Okay. I'm going to look up but also, the beginning of this advertisement. What is this advertisement? <laughs> do you not have YouTube red or premium it's not, i'm not looking up a youtube clip i'm just on uh memory alpha and uh Why, and okay so he did six of episodes of the goosebumps tv show he did some tech war which was a usa sci-fi so show. this was his only tng that was the main i don't thing know was. i'm looking okay he did two episodes he did the vengeance factor and the most toys the vengeance factor of course is the episode from uh kind of a similar you know, just in the sense that it's like, uh, I don't know, I'm withdrawing this perspective. Uh, Riker falls in love? No, that was oh, similar to the like, one. I'm going to have to kill you. And yeah. so he pulls the trigger. Right. Frakes pulls the Riker pulls the trigger. Right. And kills that girl who has who's the last one of her clan and has been ageless but has to kill everyone in the other clan. Right. That was Vengeance Factor, not the thing. What was the one? That with, was Vengeance Factor. What was the one with the planet with the with the friggin' advertisement that was trying to kill everybody because they're trying to sell the weapons? The dead civilization. <laughs> this is what our podcast Wait a second. I don't know what you're talking to, about. A dead trying civilization to. trying to sell weapons. They come up on a planet. They go down to the planet. The, the planet starts shooting and firing at them. It traps the Enterprise. And it turns out at the end that it's all an advertisement from a dead civilization to sell their weaponry. That sounds amazing, and I have literally no recollection of this. It was, it was a weird episode. It I have is. no recollection of that episode. But the Vengeance Factor is the one with the... Remember the she had, like, a handmaid? Yeah, no, I remember. I remember. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is the end of that episode, right, yes. where Riker makes the decision to kill. Yes. And the end of this episode... 
Oh yeah, but data are the same. It. Yeah, it's true. That's what I'm getting at. They're both acting weird. <laughs> because you said it's, they're the same. Yeah. And I'm, then I came in and was like, yes, Andy, you're right, because remember, blah, blah, blah. And yet you were talking about an episode I don't remember that you might have dreamed, which, by the way, write it. Um, <laughs> sure. I was uh, I, I was comparing it because it, they both feel weirdly modern, kind of connected to a modern sensibility. In terms of the other one was a commercial, and this one's about like a bunch of c- guy collecting a bunch of stuff. But uh, in any event, none of it's that important. Okay. Side issue: uh, Saul Rubinek was in the Littlest Hobo, the Canadian television show Littlest Hobo. Uh, Saul Rubinek also uh, very lengthy arc. Sorry, on Frasier. Oh, really? Yeah, he plays. Uh, da- he's he's who Daphne walks out on at the aisle and winds up with Niles. He ends up with Niles. No, Daphne does. Oh. Did I spoil Frasier for people? Possibly. Uh, he also played Lee Donowitz in True Romance. Captain's Long um, Supplement. The uh, Jill Silver character. And uh, As the result of we're going to get to it, but i got to say, never a Saul Rubinek fan. Never liked him. Thought he was always hammy. Didn't dig any of his performances. I think he f- crushes it in this episode. I agree. But it's because of this episode. This is sort of my Saul Rubinek for my life this is like what I always knew him from oh so when I would see him in things I'd be like oh it's the guy from the most toys great in that episode that I thought was Hervé Villages no no that I thought was replacing replacing Hervé Villages (laughs) why didn't the containment field hold unknown commander hail the Jovis I want to speak with Kivas Fajo sir Mr. Fajo is hailing us on the way Captain Picard what happened? It's unclear. We're running a full analysis. We detected no malfunctions before the explosion. Everything seemed to be running as smoothly as the other flights. Were you able to save the pilot? No. I'm sorry. Mr. Fajo, I would like to analyze your sensor readings of the explosion. What is Jonathan Frakes looking at? Back of his head. What is his eye like? Wishing he could kiss it, give it a little kiss. Compared to the Enterprise, our sensors are rather primitive. Kiss I the back of his little ball. Contain any information that your sensors overlooked? Perhaps, but I don't want to leave any avenue unexplored. I understand. We'll transmit the information. <laughs> he's really, it's really his part. The, the, I mean, it's amazing. The like, douchebag. He's just so kind of. embodying, like. I'm just trying to figure out how... It, I've never watched Warehouse 13. I didn't either. But he's on it. it. Oh, yeah. He's a regular on it. Huh. He's got to be a villain. Now I'm more inclined to watch it. No, I don't think he is. Should we do that on the bonus pod? Link established. Receiving. Can we be of any further assistance? How much hydritium did we manage to bring on board? 81 kilos. That may barely allow us to complete our mission, Captain, but it leaves us no margin for error. Mr. Fajo, I realize we have acquired your entire supply of hydritium. You know where we could obtain some more? That may be difficult. The only source I know is in the Sigma Arani system. Three weeks away, sir. And I can't guarantee they'll have any, for obvious reasons. Now they're doing that thing again. Where it's tiny Picard and giant screen. Yeah, but it's also like... I think it's 3D. I think it is. Supposed to be three-dimensional. So if he reached into the screen, could he... Slap him, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you could slap (laughs) him, Andy. (laughs) 
It's a very strange eye line. So he's l- looking into a giant, giant it, it, eye. It's such a weird thing. I wonder how they shot it, like, if they knew what eye lines they were using, etc. You know what I mean? Like, when they were doing this shot on Saul, were they like, okay, Saul, you're going to look right here, and what's going to yeah, happen is... Have, no, right? But I'm, like, wondering if they're like, no, what's happening here is you're giant. You're a giant three-dimensional thing. Because that's how our view screens work. Or do you think they're just like, here, look here and talk? I think here, look here and talk. Okay. Even I may stop selling it. It's. I will it's say though, he's dangerous. he's playing it well. I guess Sometimes we're it's hard any as an actor to hit a, hit an eye line where there's not a person there and have it convincing, like you're looking at a person. It no, does I mean, look like he's looking at a person. Look at Frank's just staring at the back of Patrick Stewart's head. <laughs> it's crazy. Detail. Balance. Was I not right, Varian? Oh, what a remarkable piece of work. Hmm? Why have I been brought here? Oh, <laughs> the, the voice simulation, it's, it's perfection. The inflections, the timing. <laughs> yes, ah. Uh. Like, there's so much over-the-top joy in his performance, yeah. but it works for this weird alien collector character. It's very... Also known as The Collector. This connects to Infinity War. I was hoping it would get there. <laughs> it took! It's Benicio Del Toro. By the way. Yeah. Still haven't seen it. I enjoyed it. Maybe we should do that for the Patreon. Sure. Matt watches Avengers Infinity War for the first time. Sure. Great effort, effort to bring you here. <laughs> like, I like that delivery like where he's like i don't know how if this thing's very smart or I not know i wanted this i'm thing. going to keep talking at it but i know it's the only one i was sure it'd be worth it i was right i've been delivered here against my wishes i would like to know the reason certainly you have been brought here for my enjoyment and my appreciation am i to infer that you intend to keep me captive 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 oh it's such a inappropriate description. My dear Android, may I call you Data? It is my name. Data, you will be catered to, fond over, cared for, as you never have been before. Your every wish will be fulfilled. Is Saul Canadian? I bet he He said bean. He said bean. Uh, it was born in a refugee camp in I Germany. Oh, wow. Father ran a Yiddish repertory theater company. Uh-huh. And started his professional career as a child actor in theater and radio in Canada. Interesting. Almost every wish. <laughs> this is unacceptable, sir. I have no desire to remain here. And even if I did, my Starfleet duties would not allow it. It's a... So, so Data tries to break Hello. out, and he gets zapped by a force field belt sure does. that he keeps turning around him. That's a great stunt, by the way. It is, but you can see the devil's face. You can see the devil's face, but ju- he, it does seem like he's flying across the room in a really convincing way. The value you play. Like he's just been shot with an action movie shotgun? Yeah. On my presence. Well, just look around the room. There are items here gathered from half the galaxy. Right here. This... You know what I admire about this performance? Mm. It requires him to be crazily over the top, but there's this grounded undertone to it. Like, you understand what his motivation... Of the 
Like the I like that he delivers the nuance of like I yes, I love these things that I collect. Right. But also I am very dangerous. That's that's the thing that's impressive. He's wearing an insane outfit with a beanie. He's he's prancing around. He's doing all these weird things. Yeah. He's one of the few villains that is truly scary in my opinion. It seems like he's thought everything out. He's truly a cold sociopath. He doesn't give a damn about anybody. Mm-hmm. Unless it's the only one. Unless it's what? Unless it's the only one of that thing. Oh, right. It really. His bonds is made by Mark Offenbach. Really creepy, effectively Mark creepy. From Just a great villain. A dolly. This. <laughs> this. He's got a dolly, a Roger Maris Roger card. Roger Maris trading card from Earth. And the Mona Lisa. Like, that is too much Earth stuff in one. He's collecting from the whole well, unless universe. It, unless Earth is like the America of the 24th century, where most of the entertainment is made on Earth. And Nobody you're like, else. well, you know, uh, we get it, but like, we love Earth stuff. <laughs> like, the rest of the world is like Japan for 50s America. Do you have anything on this planet that's collectible? No, just rocks. All right, I'm going to uh, go back to Earth. <laughs> How about uh, on this planet? No, we just have rocks that look like they're made of styrofoam. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'll go back to Earth. We have some sky over here that looks like it's painted. We have these cards for these sports figures called Kerplachs. <laughs> what? No. What about baseball? That's Earth. All right. <laughs> the smell? Bubbled gum. I preserved the scent. Uh, what? Uh, the lapling. Uh, the lapling. The poor lapling is uh, taking cover. This is a lot of. Ha- this is a lot. This whole scene. But I think this is the thing. These. This really is like a two-man episode between totally. with Data going toe to toe with this guy, and I was never bored the entire time. I, I thought agree. All with of that it statement. was compelling entirely. Yes, go ahead. Really good drama writing, as is my dream. I think you should be flattered. I am not, sir. Most intelligent life forms find involuntary confinement offensive and inequitable. Moreover, you have violated Federation law. I know, I know. What I've done is evil, selfish, immoral, unprincipled, illegal. Well, I've I've learned to live with it. The Andorians wish to make a bid on the shipment of Tellurian spices you offered. This, This line reading I like quite a bit, where he's like, this is a enjoying good, talking a good to data comedic, like he's like talking to yeah, data right but he like you just see the temper which i think is a nice touch and it's really all in the performance it's also well, really effective I'm comedic to live with it. the andorians wish to make a bid on the shipment of tellurian spices you offered they've had four days to decide why do they have to decide right all right it's really good i must emphasize mr fajo that I consider this captivity a hostile act on your part. Oh, well, you get used to it. Like, really I think Varia should have, like, I think there needed to be a little something at that point. From from Varia? Yeah, although maybe that jumps the story too much. Her, like, going like, I can't help I'm it. Sorry. sorry about him. Now we get Skipped to watch... over the terrible Muppet didn't you I do, we don't have to well it, data will be talking to it later um, <laughs> now we get to watch a sociopath FYI though right here 
and a mechaphile. And this is just total nitpicking on my part, and maybe people have different opinions. So Data can't touch the guy because he's got a force field around him. But in that moment, couldn't he have used his super speed to kind of slip out the door just before they left or put his hand in the door or stuff like How's that? How does he know what would happen then? Well, he doesn't, but wouldn't he have tried it? I don't know. I don't think so. Because okay. I'm just making an excuse. Because the episode will be over too soon. Wait a minute. It didn't make sense, but Matt fixed it. Or is that's, that... Uh, I think it's the other, the other one. one. It made perfect sense, but Andy broke it. Probably Bingo. forever. Damn you, Andy. <laughs> nice. All right. I get his uniforms. <laughs> this is crazy. He's gone. Yeah, well, I always thought he'd outlive us by centuries. But he was gone hours ago, so let's rifle through his stuff. He never felt it was quite finished. What do you... Th- what are they doing? Yeah, you know what a critic data was, especially... Just invading his privacy. But they're not, looking. As as they're not looking for anything. No, they're... Like, they're not like, oh, Captain needs us to get the files that Data was working on. Oh, yeah, that would have been nice if they if they justified it in some way. Yeah. Data was working all this hydribity blue-blue in the in the, in the the on his pads. Right. Something to get them in there? It wouldn't have made less sense than what we heard at the top of the show. <laughs> I also like how I said shuttles was uh, not a real word. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were attacking a couple of unnecessary notes. I sure was. <laughs> this seems completely manufactured that he has, he has a book of Shakespeare from the captain. And he should have it back. But why does he say that? Yeah, that's such a weird thing to say, too. And like The captain will want this back uh, now that Dave's been dead for hours. Riker should get these poker chips. <laughs> I'll take this hologram of uh, Tasha. <laughs> That's what uh, Wesley says. Wesley says yeah. And then uh, Jordy goes, and I'll take this very fast computer system he's installed <laughs> in his quarters. In fact, could you leave us alone for a minute? Uh, yeah, okay. How much Denise Crosby got for that appearance? Forty-six dollars on the hologram. I actually had to write the check. What he wants from his people, his rewards for loyalty are lavish. His punishments for disloyalty are equally not lavish. Oh, by the way, I'm a human. He did this to my face. <laughs> like it should have been that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I use bumps. He gave me bumps. This is Jane Bailey, by the way. Um, Family Ties, Soap, um, St. Elsewhere, all the biggies, Moonlighting. Um, nothing that, that Melrose Place, he was, she was in several episodes of Beverly Hills 90210. Did she play uh, the same character on Melrose Place? They existed in the same spelling verse, right? Uh, as as uh, Oh, good question. See, she was Dr. Molly Campbell in Beverly Hills. Not you no, she was a real estate agent, unless mm. she changed career patients. Yeah. Face it, Android. He has you. It appears. You have one sleeve. He has us both. <gasps> to Shay. I'm going to stand here in soft focus while the wall is in focus. I really like all this crap. 
And uh, are we not going to talk about how she's out of focus and the wall is? There are a lot of things that are out of focus, but yes, that is one point that we should address. I found this this episode to be particularly bizarre. But I'm wondering if it's like part of me thinks that oh maybe they couldn't find these reels when they were doing the up-res for the blu-ray so they had to go to video for some of it which is like well i know there's a couple episodes well if that was in the case, season then, seven then the things in the foreground wouldn't be in focus then everything would be out of focus yeah play your song again at <laughs> least low on the draw it made perfect sense that Andy broke it. Probably forever. Damn you, Andy. Um, what I was gonna say. But like, who do you? How do you? How's your DP? How do you let your DP do that? Sometimes it gets away from me. This is the, the emotional. This is the emotional resonant moment. Resonance moment with this character who's going to then turn and help Data escape, and you have a stucco wall in focus. Yeah, I agree. It's. I would be. Pretty, well, follow up to that. Pretty po. First time I've noticed it was this time well you're a professional now watching it well i'm also like i don't think i've ever watched it this closely on this clear television you know what i mean that's true um wait uh the uh thing i was gonna say well i guess we're gonna get into more of these scenes but basically i like (laughs) no we're done with them now (laughs) i like the handling andy's clapping i really like the handling of data in this episode yeah having it in his programming not just to uh, intellectually figure his way out of situations, sort of in a more engineering, mathematical, technical way, mm-hmm. but uh, emotionally, in terms of dealing with hostile, you know, um, humanoid threats and and sort of man- maneuvering them emotionally. And you would sort of think, well, he doesn't have his own emotions, so how can he do that? But it's because it's more of a strategic thing. The fact that he 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 lightly you know sucks this woman in. I think you're extrapolating that though. Well, that is the other thing of it is that just may just go back to the Andy's theory of you know that Data's faking it, and so that's why he's able I to don't do think this. Data's... But I think it's really I... smartly written. I think Sherry, um, what was her name? I lost it. Sherry Go- Goldmarts. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna let you Goodhart with it. Sherry Goodhart's really. I think it's a really well-written episode sci-fi gobbledygook aside oh i don't have i just for the record i, I just want to say it, i don't have a problem I know with that you the think sci-fi this is the worst episode i just think it's very funny like when you hear a string like that like essentially <laughs> when you look at like three definitely three overkill. pages of a script that are like oh i understand like six sentences in this three pages are real sentences yeah. you know what i mean i hope you do because you're doing a podcast with me so you better I don't have to agree. No. But I do in this case. The best. Captain, it's not only hard to accept with data, it's impossible. I mean, I can't even begin to calculate the odds. It's. Well, if data were here, we could ask him. He throws that at Picard as though he's mad at Picard. Look at this angle of the ready room we've never seen. This is like, this is Livingston's angle. <laughs> is, this a, is this a Livingston POV? Like, so I feel like Timothy Bond dropped the camera in the tank, yeah. probably breaking the focus ring. Oh, could be. <laughs> Hang on one sec. <laughs> <laughs> this is 
is terrible. It didn't make sense, but Matt fixed it. It'd be funny if the POV shot was so like go to through, through the water, and, and it was like, Just going, like little bubbles going, coming up. going back and forth as <laughs> Livingston swam back and forth in the tank. Uh, so if you're watching this on Netflix or at home, just like go to 1742. It's, a, it's literally an angle of the ship that I don't think we ever see again. Do we ever seen that couch before? Yeah, that's the regular couch. Okay. But we've this is honestly from either from inside his replicator or from the fish tank. I mean, they just swung that wall out obviously, and that's how they're shooting this, but it's such a weird angle because you have Riker like straddling Picard's desk. Yeah. Trying to like look comfortable when he's not comfortable talking to Jordy who's in an emotional state because he just lost the sexiest machine on the ship. Is he standing behind a chair? Is he No, leaning? he's standing. He's leaning up against the wall with his leg tossed across the desk. That is... That is some uh, awkward here, business. Well, it's even more... I bet they were like, well, it looks really awkward if he's just standing up against that wall. Right. Uh, Jonathan, can you look comfortable? I guess. Don't know, sir. Am I in focus? It just doesn't make sense. And I like for things to make sense, that's all. To the point where Jordan, I like to fuck machines. A little rest. And you came at this thing fresh. A little rest isn't going to change the computer analysis, Commander. I'm sure you have done a complete investigation. And if you wish to continue it, of course you have my full support. But we shall be reaching the Beta Agni system shortly. And I expect you to be rested. Everybody is super testy in this episode. I understand, sir. He's also brightly lit. He's a little bit too Just brightly rest. lit. And I noticed that before you even Jordy. mentioned the focus. Well, that was out of focus. That shot where he says Jordy. And like this is a weird if focus. Any, but I, ha- I feel like... It, I, if this, there are any tech nerds out there that know about the transfer and all that Well, crap, I think it's on the Blu-ray. But I'm not about to pop that in now. That would be insane. And I'm wondering if this is one of the episodes that has is already the missing half hours. Well, you long. know how they had to do that, Andy? The insane Blu-ray transfer they've done for this show. I don't know. Oh, I think you explained it before. They had to recut everything. About 40 episodes ago. They had to take the reels. Yeah. So they shot all of this on film. Uh-huh. They had to then take the reels and match the frames up, like the edits that were made when the show aired. Uh-huh. Essentially, they had to re-edit the show on film. Oh, wow. And then scan it. Yeah. To make this thing. And there were a few reels of film that they couldn't find. Because originally they took the film and transferred it to video and edited it on video? Correct. And then did the effects on video? Correct. Gotcha. So, like, the process they did for this is insane. And I don't, I I don't, I hope it, I I And I think it maintained video through Voyager, right? Or did it go to film by Voyager? It only went to HD. HD. It only went to it HD was, for for the season for for the first season of Enterprise. Oh, yeah. but because this was all shot on film, yeah, it looks amazing for the most part when it's in focus. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like one of them. They're so out of focus on this. One of them looks like they're going to say computer and program, and the other one's going to disappear. <laughs> It would make more sense to me because I think they're both acting very weird in this scene. I think Jordy is acting uncharacteristically. I mean, I guess Data died, so they're they're yeah. both weirded out. And I'd throw off. down if Data died. 
but they didn't react like this when Tasha oh. died. It just doesn't make sense. Why would this tar creature kill her? <laughs> like, there's no scene like that. <laughs> no. Much we want, even need, to explain an accident like this. Sometimes there just aren't any explanations. Patrick Stewart is much taller than LeVar Burton. I never thought about it before. He's always standing next and to I that tall drink of water freight. Don't think about it sorry. anymore. I'm sorry, LeVar. Side note, where is that? What is the time code on that? Uh, this that is that look uh, ballpark. So eighteen thirty? Around eighteen twenty five. LeVar Burton has silent, no-eyed acting that I think is brilliant. I think that that reaction, he's pissed off at Picard. He can't come up against his commanding officer. He knows he's got to back down. He knows he also is feeling this stuff about Data. It's just like it's all communicated in this wordless, eyeless moment. It's really impressive acting. He sure managed to evoke them in others. The end. We must select an officer to replace Data at Ops. This Recommendations. Worf would be my first choice, sir. Maybe that makes no sense, Chip Wesley. Well. Make it so. Am I wrong about that? They're both like, yes, I agree. It, they absolutely should be moving Wesley over to Ops. No. And move Worf to Helm. No, Worf. This is now would be the third in command of the ship. So they're not going to put Wesley in that position. Uh, the third in command is always at Ops? Well, as far as I know, I think the X Spock wasn't at Ops. Spock was second in command. Oh, I see. Well, it's also like the on on. Wait, wasn't on, Sulu? No, it? Scotty was the third command. But yeah. like that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the way that this ship works. Okay. The 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 head of Ops. Data's position. They're not only replacing Ops, but they have to replace the what is it XXO. Uh-huh. I don't even know how that works. Executive officer. That's the third in command. What is the third officer? The second um, officer is the name. Riker of is the XO, right? Yeah, he's the second officer. Uh-huh. So, I think they're going by Worf just based on rank. Well, then why do they even have that conversation? I think that they're judging by who is the appropriate person. Well, I if think it was the, just a matter of rank, they would just throw him in there. They're having the conversation, Andy, because they need to have the conversation. Okay, putting aside. The For the next scene. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, that's really the reason that he's no, in that's it. Totally. It, it's just story-wise. That's but it would never be Wesley. I guess I'm just it asking It would never you. be Wesley. He's not even in fucking Starfleet. What do you mean? He's, he's at the helm. He's he's just earning credits for the Academy. But he's at the helm. The helm has got to be a more dangerous oh, position to you're put telling somebody me, in than Ops. You're telling me a Galaxy-class starship doesn't have a fuck ton of autopilot? Do you know how hard it is to even crash up? Volvo nowadays? He's a genius. He's a sociopathic he's a sociopath. genius. Maybe they know he's a sociopath. Well, what I was thinking is that Wesley set it up to, to uh, you know, he was probably working with Fajo, gave him inside information to get rid of data so that he could run ops, and then it turns against him when they stick uh, Dumbo Wharf in there. You gotta tell me that you have these theories because we're having an argument for no reason when I could have just let you have this theory. What would have changed? Oh, the side theory? Yeah. I see. And the lack that I wouldn't have had this argument about who the XO is versus the XXO. Well, I wasn't debating. And I'm making a thing up by saying XXO. Yeah. What is the second Where officer? The no, I didn't mean it to be that one. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hear this one. 
Andy's theories are very interesting because he's really smart. Andy. Yeah? You know what that means. Oh. <laughs> I can play the uh, the original one if you like. I have the original one. Not that original one. It's an old classic on Star Trek The Next Conversation. Somebody did re- request it. Okay. What's Brittany up to these days? A very successful run in Las Vegas that I recently ended. Is she going to be there this weekend? Can we go see her? I, 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 uh, no. Oh. Is anyone good going to be there this weekend? I'm sure there's a lot of good people. Joe Piscopo, for instance, is doing a show. I wish that we could have played this earlier so we could have somebody see, see, if, see if somebody could get us Joe Piscopo tickets. This is a weird move, right? This, like, does this drive Picard to, like, further investigate it? The fact that this page is bookmarked? Shania Twain is on also the Saturday. fact that the fact that Picard oh, another Canadian uh, the fact that, that Picard from? yeah the fact that Picard finds a bookmark I think is crazy to me unless he put the bookmark in because Data has this all now in his memory that's base. a really good point why Data doesn't hell, need a bookmark why the hell would he need a bookmark that's a really good point I guess it's an affectation like the cat and the painting by the way, uh, that's a that's a continuity error right there. He flips to the page past the bookmark, and now we're seeing the page with the bookmark. Prince of Denmark, Hamlet, scene two. He was a man. Oh, scene eleven. Taken for all in all, I shall not look upon his light again. Hmm. Mm, so true. So wonderful. What a marvelous contradiction. A military pacifist. Tell me, whose dreadful idea was it to enlist you in Starfleet to begin with? My skills seemed appropriate to the... Data, data, data. Big mistake. Grievous error. You belong in Starfleet about as much as I belong in a verbal contract. (laughs) Tell me, Data, have you killed yet? No. But I am programmed with the ability to use deadly force in the cause of defense. Shame on you. Shame on you. How neatly you rationalize your capabilities. How can you just casually accept your role in murder? I would not participate in a murder. Perhaps you misunderstand. Can't you see how much better it would be for you right here? The intellectual rewards alone. Our personal exploration of the galaxy. I am at war with no one. I'm your liberator. You are a fine debater, sir. It is a pity you have used your verbal skills for mere hucksterism and the advancement of your own greed. I love this. Perhaps perhaps you would not judge me so harshly if you knew of my desperate youth. Wasted. Wasted. On the streets of Zimbalia. He's crying yellow tears. Your past does not excuse unethical or immoral behavior, sir. No, it doesn't matter. It isn't true anyway. My father was quite wealthy, actually. He was a thief. I would love to play a part like this. Anybody's got a part like this, throw it my way. Please. He'll also take a tentpole movie and a job writing hour longs. Obviously, I can't do all those things at once. Uh, I think he can. Go sit on the chair. I must decline. Oh, and if you have anything, send it to his P.O. box, but tell him before. (laughs) That is 
I was asking for presents for Matt. I was not asking for presents for myself. You are going myself. to be Matt does not need presents. much more of a challenge than I had first thought. It's kind of weird that the thing that he wants him to dress in is very similar to the Starfleet uniform. Peanut black, 100 dankers. Purple. But also, kind of, wouldn't you kind of want the Starfleet uniform yeah, on him? Yeah, have it be the perfect set. Because it's like, look. Want it to be the original? Not only do I have this, but yeah. I took him from Starfleet. Yeah. It's like having the original poster. Now, Data. Nice callback. Thank you. In the meantime, here is something for your logic circuits to analyze. But don't worry, the solvent won't harm your uh, skin. But in seconds, it will completely dissolve that uniform. (laughs) This is creepy. Personally, I'd be delighted to see you go around naked. I assume you have no mouth. What is that? What is what? The thing that he threw on him? No, I mean, personally, I'd like to see you go around naked. I think that's more of his verbal sparring. Uh-huh. Where he's saying the thing that... That thing so that the other thing will happen. I see. He's trying to make him get into the outfit in the outside chance that Data feels like he's going to be aroused by watching him walk around naked. I don't think... I don't think arousal played into any of it. I think what he's saying is, I want a step beyond this outfit I've brought you. Gotcha. So what Data will then do is go, well, then I will just put on this outfit. I won't give you what you actually want. Right. Okay. So it's not. it doesn't have the sex component. No. No. Okay. And do you find sex in very strange places? Matthew, the line he said was, personally, I'd like to see you go around naked. Yeah, I guess. Maybe I'm a prude. <laughs> but then I guess that decency is the rule of your Starfleet training. I really love the back and forth. In any case, Data, why don't you make a decision about which alternative you dislike the least? Make a decision by dinner time tonight. I've invited a guest to meet you, and I expect you to be as entertaining with him as you have been with me. score too yeah they really uh, make good use of that not a theremin but like a theramax no it's a instrument that essentially is a round disc with various sized uh, poles on it and you run a like a wire you run like a, a violin bow and it makes that no I know what you're talking yeah. about yeah okay so now we're gonna have some fun with Jordy here. Also, Data looks very depressed. Proceeding with departure. Enterprise shuttle bay two prepare for docking. Level one precautions remain in effect. <laughs> I did miss something. It'd be so funny if he kept looking for his visor and then was like, damn it, why don't you leave it in the same place every night, Jordy? See you later. Here's that wharf scene. Troy just chatting with some lady in the 
I think that was post-appointment. She was probably like, uh, yeah, so I guess I can have you in at anyway. 7 next week. Could you do actually 7.30? Because I have a hair appointment. Anyway, if you can get that checked to me. I'm doing yoga in the two-person yoga studio with Dr. Crusher at that time. First watch at Ops. I have served at the position before. I've been concerned about you. About me? Why? Because I know how I'd feel if I was asked to replace Data at his station. Bridge. Lucky no one's asked you. Promotion due to the death of a crewmate is commonplace on Klingon ships. I know, but this isn't the Klingon ship. And Data was your friend. And it's the second time you've replaced a crewmate who's died. I honor Data's memory, as I did Lieutenant... I do like that they put the um, sound of the turbo lift moving sideways. It went one way and then Oh, that's what that sound is. That's interesting. ...by attempting to perform their duties as well as they did. In true Klingon fashion. I appreciate your concern. For docking, level one so precautions remain. Jordy goes through Data's um, shuttle has cleared transmission. What's going on over there, pal? I'm sorry, I'm trying to ship something to to whom? Vegas. Oh, sounds just like the first trip. Exactly the same. That's protocol, and that's Data following protocol to the letter. I like okay, so computer. Much. Now replay shuttle audio transmission time index 0439. Third and final trip. Loading is complete. I am proceeding with departure. Enterprise shuttle bay 2. Prepare for docking. Level 1 precautions remain in effect. That's it. It's the last communication. He didn't report the shuttle clearing the cargo bay of the Jovis. Of course, there really wasn't any reason for him to make voice contact. He knew we'd be monitoring his position. And the other pilot might not even have bothered. But Data? Not following standard procedures? What do you think it means? I'm not sure, Wes. I suppose he could have been too busy. Maybe he saw something was wrong. Without communicating it? That doesn't sound like Data either. Which means that maybe something was wrong with him. But there's no mm, other indi- Interesting. Anyway, Faja. What's his name? Fajo. Fajo, which is exactly how Goldmember says father in Austin Powers' Goldmember. Interesting. Austin Powers' Fajo. I don't know if I've seen that one. Say hello to my... I like it more than I should. I think it's actually delightful. Very good friend, Taylor Toth. This seems like the most unpleasant of of costumes. Oh. Data, say hello. No need to be shy. This is a really smart gambit. It's a mannequin of some sort. This is not a mannequin. This is Data. This is formerly Lieutenant Commander Data of the Federation Starfleet. The only sentient android in existence. It doesn't seem particularly sentient right now. It's because it's playing a stupid little game with us. Well, someone has certainly played a game I knew, Fajo. <laughs> I don't find this amusing. 
I demand that you behave normally. Behave normally. I knew you could hear me! If all's well. It's really smart. I apologize for this. Do not be upset, my friend. I'm having a delightful visit. Come along, Varia. <laughs> You're much more fun than Fossil's new toy. <laughs> You'll regret this. Yeah, I'll say. I like uh, Worf's slow uptick on Ops. Mr. Data, scan. Awkward. Oh, boy. My apologies, Mr. Wolf. Scan the colony subsurface water. Much slower Scanning. than Mr. Data would. Tricyanate contamination confirmed. Levels approaching 42 parts per million. You know who I'd like to see in uh, Wolf's old position? Is Dorn going to be there? Dorn would be the one I would want to meet the most. Will he be at the Star Trek convention? Yeah. I'm excited. Um, I don't know how... I don't know how you're going to <laughs> finagle any of this. I don't know that I'm going to be able to finagle any of it. Up pretty early myself today. I noticed you emailed me. Kilometers. Any indication of the source? I- That's so out of context for anyone listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. We just paused and I said something to Andy and then he emailed me. Oh, I didn't realize when we paused. What did we... Did, did you just... We paused earlier. Oh. Not just now. <laughs> Wait, did we pause just now? <laughs> I'm asking you. I don't see what you're doing over there past my screen. No, we've been recording now for 29 seconds. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes we take breaks in the middle. I don't edit, but I do stop and I say things to Andy. I don't always know when he's stopped. So for me, I'm just being real all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, here's the reality of it. It's 11.39 p.m. Yeah. And, Matt has to uh, wake up at four thirty in the morning. We're on a treadmill. We're at two. We're at two hours into the show. I and, got therapy uh, tomorrow morning. We're not slowing down with all Columbus the, west of the therapy colony. discussions. Just target coordinates. I see. The forged bridge. According to these figures, the eighty-one kilos of hydronium should be enough to neutralize the contamination. Now approaching target coordinates. Launch probe. Honestly, they could have just. Done the sound effect. Probe I didn't on target. See it. I tried him entering water table. I like that it's a green planet. Disbursement slightly Instead faster than expected. Planet. Sir, something unusual. Specify. I was getting to it. I don't know. I can't read any of this. <laughs> this blinking light this seems is, brighter than this blinking. This light. is all in data. I don't. I don't under. I don't understand. How do I fire torpedoes? Lieutenant Commander Data had it all rigged up. Concentrated tricyanate readings of 70 grams per cubic centimeter at the source coordinates. Much higher than would normally occur. Computer, report on geological instability on Beta Agni 2. No significant geological activity has been recorded on Beta Agni 2 since the settlement of the Federation colony. Number one, perhaps you'd better take an away team down and have a closer look. Aye, sir. Dr. Crusher, join me in transporter room three. On my way. Mr. Worf. By the way, I like that, like, he is aware, like, Worf seems like someone, and this episode is sort of illustrating it to me, that only pays attention to what he's supposed to be doing. Uh-huh. So, 
like him looking at this geological weirdness and this stability or, or like this uh, shouldn't this isn't naturally occurring like him like sort of figuring that out at the off station uh-huh. is something he would never have even been thinking about back at tactical you know what I mean like he's able to look he's actually able to perform the job of ops like he's able to do the sensor readings look at the thing go well, well hang on this isn't this isn't normal I'm not sure what you're you're saying he has good focus I'm saying he has good focus and I'm saying that he's a more capable officer than he's ever given credit for well, that is definitely interesting with him at ops. But what I'm saying, yeah. So like, he knows this, what he's like doing. when he like listen to this, listen to to, to Worf here. Disbursement slightly faster than expected, sir. Something unusual. Specify. I'm getting concentrated tricyanate readings of 70 grams per cubic centimeter at the source coordinates. Much higher than would normally occur. Computer report. Like he, like in his head, he has like what the normal occurrence would be. Sure. He's reading these sensor law. You know, I just, you know, I. Whatever. No, I agree. I think it's a valid point. I think he's. I think he's so in the zone of. Like, I was actually he's doing. before you even said that. I was thinking back to earlier episodes, much earlier in the series, that, that we were like, or at least I was like, how did this guy get through Starfleet? And I think this is basically. This is the character you could argue he was that we that the show wasn't showing us at that point. Right, right, right. The change. You may expect me to use every means at my disposal to resist your wishes. Why couldn't you just comply? Why do you have to argue all the time? Couldn't you just go sit on the chair? Come on. Go sit on the chair. I do not intend to sit in the chair. Then we do 45 pages of the chair comedy, you know, where it's like, sit in the chair, don't sit in the chair. Yeah. <laughs> it's a classic vaudevillian routine. Right now, but you will. Take the chair. I don't want the chair. Chair's on first. I don't know. Oh. Love seat. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's great at hiding his pin number at gas stations. <laughs> you know, I tried to do that the other day. And to then hide I, your pin number? And then I plugged it in wrong because I was covering it with my hand, and then it went to see attendant. And I was like, God darn it. <laughs> Have you ever seen one of these data? It is a disruptor. Well, no, it's a prototype for a Baron T disruptor. This is dumb. Baron T disruptor is banned in the Federation. How so? Whenever they come up with these these weapons that are just, this is a Baron T disruptor, what does it do? It makes you feel really bad from the inside. Is it any more powerful? No. Does it do anything other than shoot? No. It's just, it's just a phaser. Well, it tears you out from the inside. A phaser is not a painful death. Uh-huh. But this is like, I feel like there was this something is cruel in Discover- and unusual. Discovery that was... Um, Oh, uh, Lorca had like a rifle, some kind of thing that did something like that, right? What if it was a guarantee? Oh, that'd be amazing. That would be nice. That'd be good continuity, everybody. Right. Let me look it up. Oh yes, they only manufactured five of them. I own four. I sleep with one under my pillow at night, and I sleep very well knowing it's there too. Do you know why? It is the most lethal weapon. It's not just lethal. It's, it's, it's vicious. It tears the body apart inside out and does it very slowly too by your phaser standards it's tortuous very very painful death 
I've always wanted to try this. It is dumb. They were too. She was barely an adult when I found her. She was idealistic, naive, full of dreams. And I made those dreams come true. He threatens uh, Varya, and then Data ends up sitting in the chair. Meanwhile, on what I would call a, a large-scale set for a, like a episode where we're not spending any time in this set. I was this one thinking scene. that it's so elaborate, yeah. it's very pretty, but it's just like what? They spend all this time for this? The water in it and everything. I mean, that's always impressive to me when there's water on a soundstage. I love I'm just it. like, whoa, wow. Let me find some more sci-fi soundstages to walk through. The contamination's been neutralized. The water's clean. Curious. The process of neutralization should have taken several hours. Naturally occurring tricyanate does not respond this quickly. Like, this is all patter that, like, Data would normally be giving. But now, because it's Worf's job, he's doing it. Yeah, he's good at it. Are you saying it's not naturally occurring? There are no natural trace elements present in these tricyanate crystals. If it's artificial, then we're talking about sabotage. With tricyanate? That's hard to believe. It's slow to assimilate, difficult to replicate, and hard to transport. Slow to assimilate, difficult to replicate? What's it called? Monorail. Like, she sounds like she's going to go on a long rhyming thing. Sure. And start selling some other mineral. There are a lot of easier ways to poison a water supply. I can think of seven that Wesley tried when we... I, um, never mind. I've got to go. I look like I have a cold. More effective ways, too. Can I'm going to drink some to prove if it's poison or not. Um, uh, Varenti was not in Discovery, but there are some uh, uh, questions online that it should have been from Discovery because Lorca or Harry Mudd would have had it. I agree. I think that would have been Lorca's like weapon cache. Yeah. Also to use what? on the tardigrade, they said. Yeah. Pass for a natural. Although I don't know if you'd far. want to do that on the tardigrade. I said because it turns some things from the inside penetrable from the inside out. So right. So you would want to use it. Interesting. That's what people say. I'm gonna pitch it. Okay. This weekend for anyone who will listen. All right. Guys, what are we doing about Varenti disruptors? I feel like we just haven't Get used out. enough of those. In... Okay. Get out of the green room. My name's Andy Seconda. And since there's only one way to treat it, with hytridium, maybe somebody figured we couldn't locate it. It is hard to find. And it really was lucky, wasn't it, that we were able to find hytridium when we did? And just enough hytridium for this crisis? Fajo was in the right place at the right time just when we needed him most. You're suggesting he created the problem just to solve it? Possibly. What, to, to make a profit from his sale of hytridium? It doesn't add up. The cost of producing tricyanate is very expensive. He wouldn't make a profit on it, quite the contrary. Then why would he do it? <laughs> it just doesn't make financial sense. <laughs> <laughs> Build a biographical file on trader Kivas Fajo. Accessing file Kivas Fajo, a Zabalian trader of the Stasius Trade Guild, educated on Erotin V, a noted collector of rare and valuable objects including the Rajak Crystal, the Starry Night by Vincent van Gogh, the Lawman Galactopedia, the Mali Amanda Tapestry. Computer, that is sufficient. It's got a Vincent van Gogh also. That guy just, he spent all this time collecting Earth stuff. 
maybe he's got like an affinity for Earth. You know how you have an affinity for uh, like uh, Omar. Like, so you're like, hey, I'll, group I'll, of things. I'll collect all these cat things. Food, water. <laughs> Those are all to keep my cat alive. Yeah, but they're cat related. <laughs> no, they're not. I mean, yes, they are, but... Valuable object. What if Data wasn't on that shuttle? What if Data was the shuttle? What, Jordy? <laughs> what if Data could transform into a shuttle? I've recently watched this 20th century Earth show called Transformers. Take a look. Two-minute digression where they're watching Transformers. <laughs> what does this have to do with anything, West? Uh, I'm sorry. What was the problem? <laughs> anyway, I have some fan fiction about Data turning into <laughs> machines of other types. I just... What if Data was a shuttle and I got to ride in him? <laughs> Jordy? Set course for the I site kiss of the, the wall. Explosion. Warp eight. I sir. I like that they put the this all together. has a maximum speed of warp three. He's had 23 hours, so we can define a perimeter of 0.102 light years as his possible distance. Fajo doesn't know that we're on to him, so he... Wesley's doing a lot of good top speed. calculating and scanning, isn't he, Matt? He could have made it to the Nelb... What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say, shouldn't Worf be doing this if he's at Ops? I honestly was like, why isn't Worf doing this? Uh, yeah. ...system, or maybe even the Guile's belt. He's a trader. Doesn't attract customers by being hard to find. We could put out a coded level two query to all Federation outposts within the perimeter. Make it so. Also, Faja strikes me as someone who'd have a much faster ship than a warp three maximum speed. I guess that's true, yeah. If it all is collecting. Also wonder how he pulled off that illusion. Did they ever say it? Oh, here's what the thing illusion? that we skipped over, making Data appear dead. They, oh, well, that's why they scan him at the beginning, and she, Varya is saying to the guy how many, we need 23 kilos of tricyc, whatever the fuck. We need 17 kilos of this, 13 kilos of that. And that's just to load into the shuttle so that when they scan the debris, they'll find the right amount of everything the Data's made out of. Oh, I was, oh, okay. I was wondering if they... They took some parts from Data and, and included them in the wreckage. She just took stuff that Data's made of and sort of mixed it in with the wreckage. Yeah, it's that whole like thing at the top. Yeah, I remember. I just I it misinterpreted what she was saying. Because it was all gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> it was just not it was not clear, but your explanation is so obviously really what it is. Well. I like this lady Don't I get around. a jingle? Oh sorry, hang on a sec. Uh, it didn't make sense, but Matt fixed it. Yes. Once we're out, the shuttle pod will emit an emergency beacon. We'll just have to hope somebody responds before. By the way, there's some good face extra acting in this. Yeah. Like just some insane. Data's. Look at that guy. Yes. Look at that face. <gasps> oh my goodness. Data's, uh, his defense tactics, first of all, I love that there's a full-on Data fight scene and he's, you know, being all super strong and everything. That being said, the fighting itself and the way it plays out and Data using his super strength and speed, it could be way more satisfying. Well, all now is, we're in a world All he does is kind of just grab the guy's arms and then keep hurling them. Yeah, but I think he's doing it also. He's like, I don't want to hurt them so much. I don't know. I feel like right? that'd be cool. He's like pulling, he's pulling his punches. But I did like that guy's face. And now this guy's like, okay, now I'm supposed to get this gun. 
or this uh, this wrench and okay okay like I think this this actor is trying to remember everything he's doing good good face acting again he's got what is clearly two band-aids on his forehead two children's band-aids you know what I would do if I was writing a movie I'd put lore in it and just have him just going to town just pulling people's arms off just like a scene with him going nuts against like a room filled with like hundreds of people so you just do John Wick but with lore well um yeah This whole thing is throwing people. That's his martial art. This seems like bad planning. This is not only is it bad planning, but it's also bad, um, bad data. I guess that's what I'm saying. Data could have stopped this. That's what I don't understand. It's bad planning. Why is data taking care? I know they, they said he's the, he's sort of the navigator. Or no, no, but also like data should be out of the data should have he's an android so he heard that door open should it ran out and stopped it yeah now you could argue that it's because the other guy's got the shield around him first of all he, he would have been out like a flash but the other thing is um what this scene highlighted to me is data could have grabbed something at any point and thrown it at the guy and the shield wouldn't have protected him well we don't know how his shield works you think the shield just blocks everything? It couldn't. He touches other things. Yeah, but I think like maybe there's like a kineticness to it. Like if the shield senses something coming in faster than X amount speed, it uh, again uh, that's more of a jingle requiring. Thing. Yeah, which which one is this? Is this that's you fixed me it or is that fixed it? Yeah, I fixed it. I feel like I disputed it handily, but I'll give you the uh, the theme song. You know what? It didn't make sense, but Matt fixed it. Or is that one this one? It made sense to you, it made sense to me, but it doesn't make sense to Matt and Andy. No, it makes sense to me. It didn't make sense, but Matt fixed it. Matt's standard defense. Bad, uh, she's not great at jumping for this Varenti disruptor. Oh, it's a, she like, it's almost comedic that she looks like in her head, I'm going to run and take a running jump and then slide across the floor to the gun. And then she just falls on the floor and it just lays flat. Oh, drat. He's thinking about it. He, like, stands her up yeah. to do this, too, which makes him just a monster. Your chair, and you will sit there. You will entertain me, and you will entertain my guests. And if you don't, I'll simply kill someone else. Him, perhaps. Hey, I'm just a guy. Yeah, I have Doesn't these band-aids on my forehead. Their blood will be on your hands, too. Just like poor Varius. Your only alternative data is to fire murder me that's all you have to do or go around Cry. naked fire that's always how he gets, that, he gets him to do the previous thing <laughs> you could feel he just throws the naked juice on him again if only you could feel a need for revenge what is happening here right data really seems to be reacting i wonder if the whole premise but is it data the show is that obviously he has emotions no i don't you're saying that uh, like beyond are you, my, are you seriously talking to beyond me about my personal this, theory just like, that he has emotions and is faking it? I wonder if the perspective intended of the show 
is that obviously he has emotions, obviously he has affection for people, obviously he has anger, and uh, Soon Sung just mm-hmm. programmed, just just put out the idea that he didn't, because he wanted him to grow at his own pace, and he convinced Data he didn't either. I think that this that is, is a whole new offshoot. No, I think theory. that's totally part of it. I always oh. interpreted Data's character like that. The way I'm describing Like, right now, what Data's processing yeah. is emotion. He just doesn't have But he doesn't have the algorithm emotion. for it. The algorithm to process To process it? this emotion, mm-hmm. right? So and he doesn't I think, know that it's an emotion. Right, and that's what the emotion chip is mm-hmm. that, that Lore has that Data doesn't. It's is, like that process is like whatever. So, But, the again, the, the emotion chip that Lore had was obviously broken. Because uh-huh. it made Lore just evil, right? Or was it? So he was that the functioning one. Uh, so he didn't want to, um, you know, make that same mistake again. Uh-huh. So I think that I think that what I'm what I interpret this scene as, where Data is right now just processing all all outcomes of every event possible here. What do I do? Do I go sit in that chair? Do I pull the trigger and kill this person? Yeah. Do I? exact revenge you know uh-huh. I think it's not even revenge in Data's mind because I think that's a concept he doesn't quite have yet no he's it's, but this he's, for me this he, like right right now this is Data Data the acting that Brent Spiner is doing to me is like someone who's feeling but doesn't know what to do with it mm-hmm. and then just arrives at a decision and the decision of course is to fire or not fire what do you mean to fire or not fire? The truth. The guaranteed disruptor. It's to fire. Or not. Because well, I do think there is the plausible deniability from Data when he says there must have been a malfunction during transport. It's a plausible deniability from Data, but the show is... If it is not... If the show is not saying that Data intended to kill him, it's a weird ending. And I think... They, they clearly well, are saying I, that I he like that it's open ended. It's not open ended. It is to me. And frankly, I find that to be odd. That he not that he makes that choice. That made sense to me, and I thought it was fascinating. But that he lies to Riker. I don't know that he lies to Riker. You're saying I'm that saying it's that he might a not legitimate... even. No, no, I'm saying that he might not even because he doesn't know how what he's processing. Yeah. He might not even have had the wherewithal to know what he was doing. Do you know what I mean? No. Oh, the the emotion was guiding his actions. Yes, beyond, beyond his, his programming. That would be very much against what Sung was intending with Data if he was emotionally making a decision and wasn't even intellectually aware of it. But the extreme of the situation, I think, is such that Sung couldn't have programmed for such a thing. An android. I don't feel like that's what the writing is saying. Can you? I wonder what it's it's just another is. interesting intellectual puzzle for you. Another of life's curiosities. I cannot permit this to continue. program won't allow you to fire. You can't fire me. No. (laughs) 
I'm reading a weapon in transit with Commander Data. It seems to have discharged, sir. Discharged? I'm deactivating it. Welcome back, Mr. Data. You all right? Yes, Commander. Uh, the rage over Sorry, the person here who's being the weirdest is Riker. Yeah. Like, just such a weird reaction to him. When he's just shot on somebody? Yeah, like, shouldn't he be like... Hey, who, who are you hey, just shooting? What, 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 was, what, what was happening down there? Should we send someone? Like, I don't know. Like, just seems like a weird reaction. I'm reading a weapon in transit with Commander Data. It seems to have discharged, sir. Discharged. I'm deactivating it. Like, he's so, like, tired and, like, annoyed. Like, this, he's playing it like he's annoyed that they had to go back and get Data. Let me see it again. This is crazy to me. Like, the way this is being played right now. Okay, Andy, are you going to watch the clip okay, now? Go ahead. I'm reading a weapon in transit with Commander Data. It seems to have discharged, sir. Discharged. I'm deactivating it. Like, this performance that Frakes is giving right now is just like... He's acting like he does when his father is beaming aboard the Enterprise. He's like, fuck, we have to deal with this guy now. It is strange. What does he even assume is happening? I don't know. Well, and then, like, this line is like, it's weird line reading. Welcome back, Mr. Data. Like, confused. You all right? Yeah, he, it's like he knows what the situation Please arrange is. Please arranged to have Kiva's father no taken into custody on charges of murder, kidnapping, Theft. The arrangements have already been made. A Veron T. By the way. Yeah. I love that Riker picks up this Veron T disruptor and just starts thumbing at the trigger. <laughs> Ooh, disruptor. these babies are really supposed to. It belongs to Faja. Mr. O'Brien says the weapon was in a state of discharge. <laughs> Perhaps something occurred during transport, Commander. I don't understand. That, uh... Thumb, 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 thumb. <laughs> he really does. Do pew, do pew, pew. Uh, Chief, Bridge, Chief uh, I just <laughs> killed myself from the inside. Commander, can you beam my Riker insides just... back into me? <laughs> um. It says in the... Uh, okay, look, you're not going to believe this, yes. Captain. This is O'Brien, but... Um, Riker's dead. What? <laughs> how, did, how did he... Oh, uh... Commander Data brought back a Veron T disruptor. Well, those and, are illegal. Yes, I, very. And handed it to Commander Riker. Yes. And Commander Riker just started holding the barrel into his hand and thumbing at the trigger. Hmm. <laughs> All right. 
I guess you're at ops now, Brian. Uh, we have data back, so I guess <laughs> so we can put Worf back in security he and becomes, get data becomes the data Riker. Becomes number one. <laughs> now, how would you feel about Troy bartending? <laughs> Guidance, my new ship's counselor. Everybody move over one chair. Um, let me, hang one sec. The, uh, it says in the, in the script, um, data says, uh, Perhaps something happened during transport, Commander. Riker gives Data a look. During transport, Data gives Riker a look right back. That's all I'm going to say. I feel like that is much more of an implication that Data knew he just tried to kill a guy. But why would he lie? Data does not lie. That's what's weird. No, but I know. But So, like, the explanation is that I I think that... I understand that so the... far in everything we've seen of Data now, three seasons into the show, mm-hmm. I think our current working, well, I don't know if it's your current working theory or my current working theory, but your working theory is that he's fucking with everybody. <laughs> sure. But is that your real theory of like, is that really as a viewer what you think they're trying to tell us? It's just, Most of my theories are just hypotheses. If you want to say what I really think, I think that data has like and i think this is what you're saying emotions that he's not aware of yeah. but that doesn't that that doesn't jibe to me with that he would be taking actions that he wasn't aware of that would push it in a lore direction to me mm. interesting particularly not killing someone also i On find top of which, it it seemed very clear that his intention in that moment was to kill the guy yes and I think but I don't know it's how, also defensible. I, don't, I mean, it's not great, but it's defensible in that, well, I have to kill you to protect all these other people that you're going to oppress and murder and torture. Yeah, but it's still murder. I mean, sure, at that point, he doesn't know well, the Enterprise Faja's is around. That's argument. I think Faja's argument is a valid one. What are you, a pacifist? No, no. I'm a space trader. <laughs> Would you like to see the Mona Lisa? <laughs> You come to see me repent? It's your final satisfaction? Want to see me beg for mercy? You're not going to get any of that from me. I expected nothing. Our roles are reversed. Yes, thank you for sitting. Aren't they, did? You're the collector now. Me, I'm, I'm in a cage. So it seems. Just don't count me up too quickly. I had you in my collection once. I can have you there again. Unlikely, sir. (laughs) Your collection has been confiscated. All of your stolen possessions are being returned to their rightful owners. You have lost everything you value. I must give you great pleasure. It does seem like he's... No, sir. Rubbing it in his face. It does not. I do not feel pleasure. I am only an android. Really, I anyway slice it. Whatever is going on in the subtext of this scene, great performance by Brent Spiner in that. Just so subtle. I don't know that we've ever gotten to that part of the script. The move. The they usually cut it before the end credit music plays. Um, but yes. Cutting the... He has to keep all of his emotion contained 
but reveal something beneath the surface. It's just really so much masterful acting in this episode. Thank you. It, you're not in this episode. No, I am. Interestingly, I'm controlling the puppet. Int- are you? you? Yeah. Oh, you didn't play the. You didn't play him doing that thing. That's fine. <laughs> uh, going. Where do you go? Lulu, 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 Um, that's such a weird moment. And what does he even think that the animal makes that noise or would respond to that noise? That's the most uh, insane thing Data does in the episode. Um, interestingly, one of the not as great performances in the episode is the masterful Patrick Stewart. And I understand that he's reacting to Data, thinking Data's being dead, but he's acting weird through the I whole episode. That, I think three of the seven main cast members are phoning it in this week. Because they're not the main characters? I don't know. Like, yeah. I feel like all of their... Three of the five, three of the seven are, are, are phoning it in. Side note, um, uh, after Data exits on Fajo's expression... Um, there are five scenes omitted from the script. So I wonder what they were going to do after this scene. Seems so clearly like this is the end. It's not, I don't, they don't show what the scenes are on the script, but it says oh. 75 through 80 omitted. It's it's just Data arranging a hologram of Varia to put next to uh, Va- <laughs> tr- uh, Tasha Yar. Poor Varia. Due to Data's terrible str- strategic planning in that. Um, Lack of speed, cutting our instinct. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, here is your MVC. Well, it's the MVC, yeah, the end. Get over there! Who is it? It's a tough one, and I thought about it even during the episode. I was trying to think, who is the person who starts the first domino of Jordy. them figuring out what's... But Jordy in that conference room scene and I think it's kind of irritating because he should be on the tip of something's wrong with this guy when they're talking about his trading he seems to be contesting that there's like that there's anything amiss with the with Fajo's um, behavior with the trading so it almost seems like he's a little bit behind the the story in that scene no one's on top of the story but who's the first person? It's Chief O'Brien. <laughs> he beams Data aboard and deactivates the weapon. No, it's not. Who else is it? I think it's one of those people that figured out had a that that Fajo is the the. It might be Beverly. Um, well, she it's in stumbles the, into it. It's in the conference room. Well, they all kind of stumble into it. Worf can't understand why anyone would lose money. <laughs> <laughs> like they're all idiots. Who? I think it might be Riker. What? No. I think Riker in that conference room scene is the first person who puts it together. No. Why don't you go back to that conference room scene? This is fucking ridiculous. We've done a two and a half hour episode. Well, and we now have we're to... going back. Look, our fans demand. No sorry, one our cares. Crew Remember when demands. we put out an episode that was just the MVC? Our least downloaded thing ever. No one cares who the MVC is. Do they, well, they didn't know that that's what it was. Well, that is, that is odd. Profit from his sale of hydridium? It doesn't See, add he's up. He's confused. The cost of producing tricyclic. Beverly, of course, doesn't understand what's expensive. going on. He wouldn't make a profit on it. Quite the contrary. Then why would he do it? Worf is still confused. What did he want? Asking a question. Computer, biographical file on trader Kivas Fajo. It's Picard. It's Picard for just saying, get me <laughs> the biography. Well, wait a minute. Let's see what happens file after this. Kivas Fajo, a Zabalian trader of the Stasius Trade Guild, educated on Iratan 5. 
a noted collector of rare and valuable objects including the Rajak Crystal, the Starry Night by Vincent van Gogh, the Lawman Galactopedia, is it the, the computer? <laughs> computer, that is sufficient. It's Picard, Rare and valuable object. What if Data wasn't on that shuttle? Mr. Crusher. Aye, sir. Set course for the site yeah, of the They'll figure it out together. after a second, but it's uh, Picard that... Uh, that stands up? I mean, I th- this is a ridiculous thing. Saul Rubenstein is the MVC for Saul that Rubenick. performance. Pro- oh my god, I call him Rubenstein. You're such an anti. No, it's because I've been writing <laughs> an episode where Gary Oki's last name is Gary Rubenstein. Oh, interesting. Um, Gary Oki's karaoke. Tune in to the Goldbergs in October. It's not Data, for right? Dan Levy's great episode. Data doesn't even. Data doesn't do anything. Data doesn't save the person down on the planet. He doesn't stop the guy. Ship's never in danger. Ship is never in danger. It's fucking Chief O'Brien. I'm telling you. Chief O'Brien gets Data back on the ship and deactivates the weapon from going through Riker's face. It's so lame. It's the lamest we've ever done. It would be everyone in this conference room. I think it's either. It's like Picard. I'm not giving it to seven people. I'm giving it to Picard. You can give your no. part to O'Brien. Let me just ask you the following question. Okay. Is it Riker? I mean, if you are... No, it's not Riker. Is it Worf? Definitely not Worf. Is it Beverly Crusher? Definitely not Beverly Crusher. Is it Jordy? You could argue maybe because he starts it... He starts questioning it, except that his questioning never leads to him figuring it out. But he does question it to the point where data doesn't follow procedure what's happening that's true and also he might lay the seeds in picard's head mm-hmm. of doubt in for this moment and then it's Worf who notices that the stuff is not naturally occurring does that lead to this yeah okay then it's Worf. he takes over at ops yes he says data at the very beginning of the episode it's true. He said when Data dies, so he's the most valuable crew member. I'm giving it to giving it to War or or Matt. Oh, do no. we give it to Troy because Troy is the one who kind of gets Worf in touch with his emotions, so he's intuitively no Worf. I mean, it should be Jordy for That's having a weird his scene. fever dream. I want to ask questions about that, but I have a feeling I'm going to lead into spoilers to you. Oh, what is the weird scene about the turbo lift scene? With uh, Troy and Worf, where Worf's head were covered for two. What is the what? What, what, what go? I, know, I just feel like there's a vibe there, and I, I f- feel like I don't want to. Never mind. I'm I'm backing off this question. Is this is this similar to the to the Fajo vibe with Data being naked? Is this again what you're reading into? <laughs> it might be. You gotta get out there, Andy. <laughs> no argument here. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we are giving it to. Uh, what, what did we say, Jordy, or or? You were Worf, giving yours. Worf. Giving it to Worf. I'm going to give it to Worf. I'm okay. going to. I'd like to split it. Can we? We can split it. I, I would like to do that. a three way split. That's fine with me. Un, it's going to drive it's, Brad it's Arrington insane. nuts, but I don't but care. But my three way split I mean, would be. Personal, honestly, it would be Worf, Jordy, O'Brien. Okay. Let's do that it. That would be my three way split. Okay. It's that's, kind of a wuss out. But. That's insane. Yeah. We're giving it to Worf. Worf doesn't get Worf. enough. Okay. Worf, you did it. Congratulations, Worf. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was the MVC. The Andes. Or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. I'm in a... Jesus Christ. I'm in a weird state on this because 
I really like this episode a lot. Then like it, man. It's, a, it's no problem. It's a weird episode, um, but it's. I just found it good satisfying sci-fi. all the way through. It's good sci-fi. Such smart writing for the interplay between Data and Saul Rubinek, and great performances. Except Little great by those three cast members who we're never naming. In the on the, in the conference room, the people on the Enterprise are not doing as great a job as everybody else. In the no, they're not. Although although uh, Jordy Levar, crushes. Lavar has yes, yeah, that great moment, and the and and the scene where he's having a wet dream about Data that also is like really yeah. convincing. Um, so I would give this. I wish I had all my ratings in front of me. I would give this an eight. Wow. Yeah. Hi. I know. Uh, Swinging wild. It was a six for me. Yeah, yeah. It's one of. It's certainly above average. I don't dispute it. But I'm not saying change yours. I like that you like it, and I want you to like things, Andy. You know what the other thing is? What? So they have that villain, and he's a collector, and it seems like classic sci-fi cliche. It's really a cohesive, well thought out grounded way of telling that story a lot of times you have a villain that's doing something like this collecting people enslaving people whatever and it's very hammy and not nuanced and i feel like it's very nuanced in this congratulations andy we've just done the longest episode of this podcast we've ever done hooray no it's 12 18 in the morning jesus christ but uh, those are the things we do. People are like, oh, Patreon, they're gonna, we're going to have less content. Well, no. Apparently, we're going to do longer episodes than ever. Yeah. Um, well, you could include that in the concept of Patreon. <laughs> a lot of people dispute that we should even be giving that the... Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. We don't know. Uh, you're never going to pl- please everyone. That's true. So, Andy, eight from you, six from me, average of seven. I feel like that's right. I Great job, everybody. Uh, time to watch the trailer for next week's episode, Sarek. Ooh, Sarek. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation, Sarek returns to the Enterprise. Live long and prosper. But is the catchphrase trigger a mysterious outbreak of violence? What the hell is going on here? I wish I knew. Sarek may be projecting intense emotions onto other people. And the only way to stop it is to jeopardize Picard's life. No! On Star Trek, The Next Generation. There's going to be a lot of acting in that episode. Well, not only is there going to be a lot of acting, there's going to be a lot of mind melding. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) More than once, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, Andy? Matt? All I can say about this episode is... Not really cute up to where I wanted it. Um, great job. I can't believe we finally uh, got to the end of the most toys. Yeah. And we also started this podcast talking about toys. Oh, my goodness. I don't even think that we were aware of it. What a world. Um, we're just in We're just in, in such a zone right now, guys. Oh. Um... Anyway, if you want to write us, sdtncpod at gmail.com. If you want to um, 
at the end of the show. Give to our huh? Patreon. I don't know. It's supposed to be wherever you want it, and now you want it at the end of the show. I'm giving it in both places. I don't think you did give it at the other places. You know what, man? I'm just trying to do my best. If only there was some sort of podcast spreadsheet or flow chart that would let us know what we do when. It, it listens to what we say. We lead. The well, flow chart follows. You know what I'm leading? <laughs> Myself out of here. All right. I'm glad he's gone, because now this corridor is all mine. Ah, hello, Dr. Salar. How are you? I'm feeling awkward. <laughs> Old school beam out. Disengage. Boy, these old ones took a while, huh? <laughs> what is it? Just that it, just, it takes takes a long time to beam you out with this no, old one. They really one. do. Yeah. This is our backup, Andy. I'm I sorry. feel like it's so, I feel like it's failing. No, this is we're gonna get you out pretty soon. So Brian's sticking us this in a pattern is, buffer again. Uh, this is from the cage. That's why it's so long. <laughs> Uh, it feels wrong here. I'll just be a regular. Disengage. 